Welcome to episode 39 of Shame Talks. Uh, you know the shtick if you've been listening to the podcast, every episode that ends in nine, like 39, we go back and we touch some topic that's related to 1999. This week, it's Boob Tube in 99. We're looking back at the television shows that were on the air during 1999. Uh, but before we get into talking about that, this week, Jason Mayer and I, well, first of all, it's Cinco de Mayo. So I've had a couple of Modelo's already today. I didn't do a margarita because I thought that might push me the over the edge before we started recording. But I did have a couple of Modelo's to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Uh, but now Jason and I, Jason Mayer and I are drinking uh, Taxman's Tropical Withheld. Uh, Jason Richardson, something that's happened since the last time you were on the show, we've lost our Sun King connection, but you know Troy Myers, and he now works for Taxman, so we're drinking a lot of Taxman nowadays to support Troy and, and the company that he works for. So tonight we are doing a, uh, what is this, passion fruit, orange guava, and spices uh, wit beer. Jason Mayer, yeah, you just drank can't it? wait. Did you try it already? Oh, yeah, I'm halfway done. Okay, do you like it? Very refreshing, very crisp. I like the um, the citrus flavors to it. It's very easy going down. Yeah. This would easily be a summer beer for me. Like Right on. Uh, Richardson, you drink anything tonight? Wow. Uh, Walmart Nestle Pure Life bottle water. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a margarita earlier, at least, to celebrate Cinco de Mayo? I did not, but okay. I do have a little something-something in the fridge that I'll probably partake in this weekend. So, All right, sounds good. All right, uh, so first thing, the next question that we always ask after we talk about what we're drinking is, what did you guys watch this week? Uh, Mayor, I know the movie you watched, and I'm, I haven't watched it yet. I think we're watching it tomorrow, uh, but why don't you talk about Mitchell versus the Machines? Mitchells versus the, the Mitchells versus the Machines was supposed to come out last year from Sony Animation. I believe it was Sony Animation. Um, and it was called Connected when it was supposed to come out in movie theaters. It was sold to Netflix and they just released it this past Friday. It's a story about a young uh, girl who just graduates high school and is excited about going to film school in California and getting away from her weird family. And then, um, which she makes like little short movies about constantly. And um, and then her dad is one last ditch effort to try and spend more time and make a better connection with his daughter before she leaves for school. He decides to cancel her plane ticket and drive across the country just as the robot apocalypse happens to the entire <laughs> world. So it's a very silly movie. It's got a lot of adult humor that's not like so on the nose as like Shrek, but it's still like I, me and Letha were cracking up. Uh, the kids were dying laughing. So it was very much worth our time. Uh, and I highly, highly recommend it. So it makes me really happy to hear that. You were the one that showed me the trailer. I think we were sitting in the office one night and you were like, dude, did you see the connected trailer? And I was like, no, I like, I saw that it came out, but I haven't watched it yet. And you were like, you have to watch it right this minute. And I died laughing while watching it with you. So I'm super excited to watch it uh, with the family and whatnot. Richardson, what have you watched recently that you really enjoyed? Um, does it include TV shows too? Sure, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Whatever's made you happy oh, okay. recently. 
I really haven't I haven't really seen any movie movie movies lately. Um but I did watch last night. I was going through Amazon Prime and I hadn't watched Prime in a while and it's nice when you sign in and you see they've, you know, put in a bunch of new stuff on there. Even if like it's the older movies, it's just new content. To, so, and so <laughs> I've watched Madhouse from 1990 with John Larroquette and Kirstie Alley. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it's that. Stu- I'm not it's stupid, with it. but it's it's funny as hell, um, and it's just about you know uh, uh, a couple who they end up having relatives and all these friends that end up coming to stay at their house, and then the house gets destroyed. And you know when 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 you have company that stay with you after a while, you're just kind of like ugh. So it's a very over the top, but it's kind of a fun comedy from 1990. And then nice. I just wrapped up um, seven seasons of Pretty Little Liars, um, oh, which okay. I was a little late to that game, but um, it was really weird. I caught that on it's on HBO Max. So I was just like, oh, I've heard of the show. It came out a few years ago. Oh, it came out in like 2010. <laughs> and the scary thing is, is I remember when that debuted, meaning like I remember that show coming out, but it didn't seem like that was, you know, 10, 11 years ago. And I saw that it was seven seasons and there's 25 episodes on each season. And so, yeah, for the last month, I caught up with that. And it's very teeny bopper, whodunit <laughs> kind of mystery thriller. And it's a lot of fun. And I highly right recommend on. it. Yeah, I never watched it, so that's very interesting to hear you talk about. Uh, it would, it would. I think it would fit. I think you guys would have an appreciation for it because it's kind of like a um, scream slash. I know what you did last summer with a bunch of Mean Girls. Oh, okay, interesting. It, yeah, with kind of all that combined. So, yeah. like, there's murders and that go on. I think like, you this would show's find- about murder. Oh, there's, 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 there's murders involved oh, okay. and, and there's it. twist and you think it's this person then it's not this person. And then it's something else. And I'm like, how do they go seven seasons on this? <laughs> and you just get sucked in it. And it's so over the top, but you know, you're just sucked into it and you love it. And then by the end, you're like sad because it's over with. And you're like, you've been kind of dedicated to these characters for like a whole month you know, and it's just like or seven done. years for the people that normally watched it. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, but I, it's one of the things where th- watching that show and being able to watch seven seasons kind of reminded me of, I can't watch, I can't go back to the old style of TV. I and oh. watch the shows weekly. weekly. I mean, so you think the advantage that we have now of catching up with these shows and we can just kind of blow right through them and we don't have to worry about the commercials and yep. waiting, you know, another week or then, Oh gosh, now we got to wait three or four months to the next season starts. And then you watch it weekly. And it's just like, that is done with. Mm. It is just done with. And I, and I could not imagine watching that show like that back then. Well, see, but that's the thing that I love about things like the Mandalorian and WandaVision and like Falcon Winter Soldier. Like, I appreciate that I only get one a week because it gives me that like the water cooler for a week. Like I'm texting all my friends on Friday. Like, did you watch Captain America? Or like, have you seen like the, the new Falcon Winter Soldier episode? Did you see this? Or do you think they're leading up to that? Like, I enjoy the ability to have that like week gap where my friends and I can like ponder and question what we think is going to happen. Now, 90% of the things that we think are going to happen don't end up happening, but it's still just it's that right. fun water cooler week where we get to like think that we're smarter than the writers and we know what's going to happen. Like, 
But at no, least, at I, least, I it, it's only like, there's only like 12 episodes. There's like 12 episodes. But imagine a, a season having 25 episodes and sure. you go basically ha- more than half the year. And then you have the pauses in between where they take breaks during the winter and, and then it comes back, you know, in the following year. And I'm just like, how do we do TV like that? It was Well, just, can I ask you this? Were you a Lost fan? Did you watch Lost when Lost aired? Or did you do that no, later? I, no, I okay. didn't. I did not watch Lost during its normal. Gotcha. I I got into Lost when I just happened to someone gave me for Christmas the first season. Right, I ended up going to buy the remaining seasons at right on Best Buy, and was and then I just I was able to blow through them. Nice. All right. Yeah, that's like the, the, I. Most shows that are just whatever, I do enjoy the ability to marathon through them and I don't care. Like I watch it all. But some of the shows recently, specifically the Marvel ones, I've enjoyed that one a week where I then get to talk to my friends and try to figure out what we think is going on, which is how my life was with like I watched Lost live from episode one on. And I always enjoyed that week period where we're like, something crazy fucking happened this week. Like we have a whole week to wait and see how it pays off. So I do still miss having that for some things, but I agree that most stuff I, I can respect. I, I, I could totally respect that. I can respect that. Uh, but again, I'm not saying that I have to have that for everything. Like there are a lot of shows that I will <laughs> just marathon through because it just doesn't matter. But some of the bigger, more important stuff I like having in a weekly. Um, since the yeah. last episode, I've watched Mortal Kombat. Have either of you guys watched it? Not yet. Okay, really disappointed. I have no in desire. It. Yeah. It's it's fine, but I was very disappointed. I wanted a lot more out of it. Like the only thing good in this version of the movie is how is it's R-rated, so you've got profanity and then you've got very bloody brutal fatalities, which are cool, but literally the plot of the movie is pretty dumb in my opinion. Um and I mean yeah, the other thing I would say would ruin the plot, so I don't want to ruin that for you guys, but it just looks confusing as hell. Yeah, just lower expectations if anybody listening to this decides they want to see Mortal Kombat. And then the other thing that I watched last Friday was Without Remorse, the Michael B. Jordan, Tom Clancy movie. Do either of you guys watch that yet? I have not. It is high on my list. Um, It's a good movie that I probably won't ever watch again. Like, Michael B. Jordan's top notch in it. This is a character that, you know, I, I read Tom Clancy books in high school. And I liked this character. I love Willem Dafoe in Clear and Present Danger. Uh, Liam Schreiber was fine in Some of All Fears, but they kind of changed the character up a little bit. Um, but then this version of it, Michael B. Jordan does an awesome job. It's it's like kind of the origin story um, of the character. Uh, and that it doesn't really follow the book at all. Maybe like 5% of it follows the book. Um, but oh, it, it definitely was up. Was there a Without Remorse book? Yes, yes. Without Remorse was one of the books that came out in the mid to late 90s, and it was supposed to be, it might have been later, it might have been like 97, 98 maybe. Um, It was after Clear and Present Danger established the character and whatnot. It went back to tell you the origin story of him and how Rainbow Six became a thing. I think that was around the same time the video games started. Um, But the plot of that book literally involves the Vietnam War, so obviously they couldn't do that right now with Michael B. Jordan, but they could have changed it to like the Afghan war and they didn't. They kind of just make it, 
its own little thing and it, it just it doesn't follow the book at all which is fine whatever the book is dated that's fine um but it opens with a pretty cool awesome like covert mission scene and then the middle of the movie has like a really good covert like mission scene and then the rest of the movie is pretty slow dull and blah um uh, what, what's the uh Oh, I can't remember the kid's name. The guy that plays Cutter in the movie, and I am drawing a blank on the kid. Um, who was who was who was the kid from Billy Elliot? Oh my Billy god! What? When? <laughs> right. Oh I, I, yeah, Jamie Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell is in this, and he is really good as Cutter. Uh, he plays basically a young version of Henry Cesarni's character from Clear and Present Danger. Um, the one that the one that who does Harrison Michael F- B. Jordan play? He he plays the main character. He plays uh, John Car- Carter. Clark. Clark. John Clark. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He's willing. Is he in the future future story movies that were came out in the nineties? Willem Dafoe. He was Willem Dafoe's character in Clear and Present Danger, the mercenary. He's like a Green Beret or something, and he's like behind enemy lines, and he's like ripping people to shreds. Yeah. So Michael B. Jordan, black guy, is playing Willem Dafoe's character as a younger character. It's probably it's it's a reimagining of that character because that's what Hollywood's okay. doing now. Like, I don't think it necessarily is supposed to connect to Clear and Present Danger, but it is literally the same character. Just like Michael B. Jordan also played Johnny Storm, who had previously been played by Chris Evans in a different Fantastic Four movie. Uh, they're just kind of giving Michael B. Jordan a lot of these. The possibility of the Black Superman. Yeah, now they're talking about that. He's going to be Black Superman. So uh, he just seems to be kind of like the go-to guy for these kind of projects right now. Yeah. So it, it's I the see, same okay. character, but it's obviously, a you know, a it's been 30 years now almost since clear and present danger came out. So they're just trying to set up their new universe and, and have their diversity and everything, you know, represented. Uh, but it's like I said, the movie's worth watching. I highly recommend watching the movie once, but I don't think it's amazing enough to warrant any additional viewings. Like the movie is, has two really awesome sequences and the rest of it's pretty political, which is fine. Cause that's a, like clear and present dangers and Patriot games are kind of the same way. They both have a lot of slow, political stuff that goes on in them but i just wasn't feeling it with this movie so the last thing that i want to say about what people watched this week is i want to give a shout out my buddy jay hampton watched ted lasso this week and we were texting about it all week and it just makes me extremely happy because not only did jay watch it after he finished it and texted me how much he loved the show also he had his parents watch it and they marathoned through it and absolutely love the show. So we have three new AFC Richmond people. And Jay, if you're listening, you are Roy Kent. Everybody knows you're Roy Kent. So when you texted me and you said, I don't know why you think I'm Roy Kent, everybody knows you're Roy Kent. So anyway, I just wanted to say that it makes me happy when people watch Ted Lasso. We were texting about it all week. Uh, literally, Jay and I texted about it so much that my wife started rewatching the show without me. So... Uh, just here, he's there, he's every fucking where Roy Kent. Kent. Yes, so anyway, (laughs) just always happy to have more Roy Kent fans in the world, Ted Lasso fans in the world. 
So now we're actually going to get down to the meat of this episode and what we're actually going to be talking about, and that is television shows. What's up? I feel like we're at an AMC movie theater because we <laughs> had 30 minutes of pre-talk previews our talk instead we, of trailers. Sorry. AMC gonna, for real. I'm going to embrace Oof. that because I don't want to cut out any of these stuff that we talk about at the first part. I was going to say, also, if you are listening, Bad Batch, if you're a Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. I forgot to put that in my notes as well. Yep, watched it yesterday. The connections that it has to Rebels and to Clone Wars is awesome. Uh, amazing advancement in Star Wars storytelling. Dave Filoni is a genius. I have lost my Jedi card. I, I just, I am so far behind all that. It's ridiculous. I People would throw me out the Star Wars club at this point. <laughs> the Star Wars club that I you have started? Not, I yeah I, I well I gave somebody my um, your the, powers yeah I don't even control it anymore well I, I can but I, I just I've given it to Mark in the UK and he is running it and yeah I think we I got kind of burnt out and then it got to the point where it was just so advanced it, there's so much Star Wars that I have not seen with you know the books and then the television things and the cartoons and it was just way beyond me and so i just kind of felt like i was lost and i'm like here y'all just do this so well yesterday was may the 4th did you watch any star wars stuff yesterday no no oh man that's that's disappointing <laughs> no i'm sad definitely about no. not be in charge I, of the star wars fan club no i do not have to watch star wars on may 4th to appreciate Star Wars, but I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, you don't watched have to open Christmas yet. presents on Christmas either, but people do it. I know, but I just you know, it's it's I I am going to just binge watch the Mandalorian two seasons. Yes, at yes. some point, and I just have not I have not gotten there yet. So I think that should be. Above I feel like I I, I, I started I started it I started it. And I got about 15 to 20 minutes in it, and I've already felt lost. Like, I'm like, there's some backstory before this. Like, I feel like I'm missing something here, like, you know, and and so I kind of just have to have a one of those rainy days where I just kind of, and once I probably get into a couple episodes, then it's probably like full force, you know, like. Oh, yeah. It, it, it takes off running pretty quickly. All right, let's get into so, television. So, back to the 90s. 1999. There was a couple of TV shows that started in 1999, and that's where we're going to start of our three categories that we've got tonight. TV shows that started in 1999. Uh, the first one's a show I don't care about. It's a show that a lot of people have tried to get me to care about, and I just don't, I don't and I never will. It's not my kind of humor. Uh, it started, they had their first episode on January 31st of 1999, and that is The Family Guy. The Seth MacFarlane created show with Seth Green, Mila Kunis, Patrick Warburton. Uh, it was third place on the community poll. So a lot of people do like this show. I'm just not one of them. Are, are either of you guys Family Guy people? Um, I like the I like the bit when um, they're trying to decide who gets the last piece of cake or cheesecake or pie. It was the pie. The last piece of pie. And so they all drink um, Eka. Epi oh, it's some kind of medicine that makes you vomit. 
And then, like, so all everybody in the family decides to drink this. I've seen this gif. And and when they start drinking it, they're like, oh, dude, I can watch that clip over and over and over and over, man. Like, I've even shown it to my kids because I find it so funny. And um, but the rest of the show, I I completely just don't care at all. I've watched a couple episodes. My dad was into it when I lived with him um and but yeah besides that like i'm not a big family guy jason you said eh you watch it or no or you did watch it so i i know it's kind of like i caught it when i caught it you know where i've just turned a tv on and catch a few minutes or whatever but i was never like devoted to it um but i have a respect for the family guy because i think it's it's smart it's witty, it's over the top stupid, but there are these subtle moments. There's so many subtle moments in that show with paused looks, you know, the, the, the ball chin for Peter. I mean, and there are these moments where you just stop and you just like really pay attention and you just laugh. And um, the one thing I could never get, with the show was like the talking dog. Like it was just too, it's almost like I wish the dog didn't talk. Is that Brian or whatever? Mm-hmm. Is that the, the dog or whatever? Um, I, and then Stewie, I, I don't know if, if anything I liked about family guy, it was, it was Peter. And there is one episode where I don't even know what the episode was about. Did you watch, you watch this Shane, all of the shows? No, I know. There's this episode where it's Peter and some other couple guys or whatever. And they're standing in front of this elevator and they have to guess the code to get into the, for the elevator doors to open, right. So they can get away from whatever, get into something. And so the, the, the code voice says, what's the worst male name ever. And all the guys are like, and Peter just goes, Keith. And then the doors open. (laughs) It's just the way he's like, I never would have thought the word Keith is like being funny, but it's the way Peter just out of nowhere is like, Keith. <laughs> and I just like lost it. So it's little moments like that that I think make the family guy like, I could see why this show is very popular and it's, and I have a respect for it. So right on. Uh, the next show, that began, <laughs> the next show that began in 99, um, only had 18 episodes. It only lasted one season. I'm pretty sure it was on Fox, if I remember right, but I, I don't hold me to that. Um, but it's Freaks and Geeks, which is one of my all-time favorite like high school set shows. Like after stuff like Dawson's Creek and Saved by the Bell, like Freaks and Geeks is amazing. Um, I, I love the entire cast. Um, it's it's something that I've watched numerous times in the last 20 years. Uh, have either of you guys watched Freaks and Geeks? It is on my list. I like Paul uh, Feig as a director. Mm-hmm. And so him being the creator that it's, it's in, it's on my to-do list to, to watch. And you look at all the, the celebrities that came out of that show, you James know, Franco, like, oh, I realized they were in Jason Siegel, busy Phillips, John Francis Daly, Martin Starr, Sam Levine, Linda Cardellini, like the entire cast is top notch. Some of the funniest people working in Hollywood now. Um, 
yeah, it's I, I highly recommend watching it as soon. It's only 18 episodes. You'll blast through it in a weekend. Um, it's it's a perfect encapsulation of the 80s. Like it's like the funnier version of the Wonder Years. Like it kind of deals with some of the same like teenage growing up like drama, but it just presents it in a much funnier way than the Wonder Years ever did. Uh, Mayor, I you bet ever you, it? as popular as that sh- as, as popular as that show is mm-hmm. now, that it's become kind of like kind of like a cult. It would not surprise me if they did. Uh, where are these people today? That would be wonderful. I'd be down for that. Of that show, like I bet you. Sure. Anyways, go ahead, Jason. Mayor, have you watched it at all? Uh, sorry, I looked it up. It was NBC. It was not Fox. Okay, thank you. Uh, so I, I fixed that. And then the other thing is I. I watched the first two episodes of this show, and I just couldn't get into the humor at all. So, oh man, this, not, isn't the second episode the party? I can't remember, dude. Like, I, I think the second episode is where they have these, the party. I watched these on Netflix probably five, six years ago, hmm. and like that, I got through the first. Maybe it was the first three episodes. I don't remember. All I can tell you is I wasn't in, into it. Um, and so I never gave it another chance. Oh man, I'm sad to hear that. Like one of the one of the very early episodes is when they have a party at their house and they buy a keg for it, but then they get scared of all their friends getting drunk, so they hide the keg in one of the kids' bedrooms and feed give everybody fake alcohol. But then a couple of the kids end up getting super hammered on the keg that's in the bedroom, and like Martin <laughs> Starr is Martin Starr is just laying on the floor, like just rambling crazy like stuff, like. I don't know. It, I, I'm sad that you didn't gravitate towards it. Is that the I, Hobbit I, guy? No, Martin Starr is like he's um he's in the most recent Spider-Man movie. He's the teacher. He's got like long black straight hair. I don't remember a Hobbit guy in Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Um, the next show that started on January 10th of 1999 is a hugely popular show that I only randomly watched because of Drea De Mateo, because I had a huge crush on her at, at that point in time. So I, it's a show that I've watched a lot of episodes of, but never really paid attention to the order of them or really know the show very well, and it's The Sopranos. Either of you guys Sopranos fans? No? Okay. Yeah, it's one that like I don't know a whole lot about. I've watched a lot of episodes of it, but I don't think I've ever watched them in order. I don't think I've ever understood the story that was going on. I literally, if I happened to catch it when it was on, I would watch it because like I said, I had a huge crush on Dre De Mateo at that point in time. Never gone back and given it another try. Never gone back and tried to watch them in order. Uh, I know a lot of people who love the show. Um, unfortunately, the ending has been spoiled for me, so I don't feel like I have to watch it to know how it ends. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's amazing as, you know, as much as we like movies and TV and whatnot and such, that is just one show that I I've seen a few episodes, but I just kind of just didn't naturally wasn't drawn drawn to it and still don't have the energy this day to 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 watch it. And I like James Gandolfini, but oh, yeah. I just never really kind of corrected connected with 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 the Sopranos. Kind of like that like Game of Thrones. Like I just I the some of those HBO shows I just ugh. and you either love it or you're just not into it. I feel you on that. Mayor, are we gonna say something the same? 
I'd be willing to give this show a shot, um, but it, I'm not. I'm not rushing to see it. But yeah, true. Uh, I'm not a huge like Scorsese fan either. Like as far as his g- gangster movies go, they, I, most of the time I just like, like The Departed's my favorite one that he did, and that's because it's not really a it's not really a mobster movie. It's more yeah. of a police movie than it is yeah. a mobster movie. Um, so like I like. I know some personal friends of ours really love the show. Like, I mean, like think it's the best thing that was ever created for television. And, but to me personally, I just, I don't know if I had HBO when it came out. Um, but uh, I didn't, I've, and I know I've seen like one or two episodes maybe, but nothing that's ever made me go, I need to watch the rest of this. So I would be that, that guy where someone asked me, are you a Sopranos or are you a Sex in the City guy? And I would be the Sex in the City guy. <laughs> like, I'm just more, that would be more kind of a little light for me. You know what I mean? So I, it's just more of my direction. So. I, I, can't, I can't blame you because those first two seasons of Sex in the City, I watched religiously. I, well, I kind of fell off yeah. after that, but. The uh, the other thing is, is this, I feel like this might've been like the start of like the, the darkness essentially that kind of took over HBO and AMC and some of the like regular uh television yeah like FX because I feel like it was like can we go darker can we do the Sopranos but do it darker sure like well and like Tony Soprano could have been like the pre-Jax Teller or the pre-Heisenberg like it's the same thing like you're giving me a character that's involved in shit that's supposed to be like bad guy stuff but you're making me want to root for them yeah yeah and and I like I said the people that I know that love the show make me think that maybe I would enjoy it if I took the time to watch it but out of all the things that I find the time to watch which I've got a balance just like everybody else. You got to, you know, you've got when I am working, when I have, and then like being a dad and going to the extracurricular stuff, like yeah. there's just so much juggling. And so it's like, do I want to go start that show? Like, um, but I, you know, I'd be willing just, I just haven't. So. And I just realized that I, I've been talking about my crush, Andrea De Mateo, and she was on both Sopranos and Sons of Anarchy. So that brings that all full circle. Uh, the next two shows that we're going to talk about are totally Jason Mayer shows. So he's going he's gonna to run the table with these next two 99 shows. Because the first one, I know that within the last year or two, you just watched the entire series of The West Wing. You are so wrong. You told me you watched The West Wing recently. I've watched episodes, so here's the deal. My wife is a huge West Wing fan. Okay. I'm huge. Kind of like I watch Friends because it's on TV. She would constantly turn on West Wing and just let it play. Um, I, I thought really, you told me you watched the entire series. I did not watch the entire series, Shane. Okay. You were mistaken. But um, the, I've seen a lot of it, but I've also seen a lot of it out of sequence because oh. I usually just walk into the room while she's watching it and then I'll like gravitate towards that episode and watch it. And then like, she'll be like, okay, I'm going to bed. And I'm like, well, just leave it on. I'll just watch a few more and then watch two or three episodes. I know I haven't seen all of it. I have not okay. seen it in order. Um, I've seen a lot of episodes more than once. It's uh, a very entertaining show. Uh, I really enjoy... Um, 
the Aaron Sorkin's grasp on thing, like his writing style, especially for this, considering it's so political, like it works how it's just constantly like flowing in and out of every single room and conversation is just it, like you literally like they do so many steady shots in the show that like you're just literally just watching like an entire long like dialogue between two people as they walk down one hallway and then go this way and then the camera follows the other person that just walked by but didn't have that conversation and then you're going to follow them for like three or four minutes it's it's a very entertaining show um it makes you think that if this is the way that the white house is run that's kind of like it's just nuts which it probably is true close to it anyway um, uh how long ago did you watch um Oh my god! I just the Facebook movie. I just lost uh, Social Network. How long ago did you watch Social Network? Because I know you waited a long time. I want to say that I saw that pre, like right before the pandemic. Or okay. Like, did you not, watch it because that's of a great Sorkin? movie? I, I, I definitely. I can't say that I watched it just because of that. Because I remember you and Troy telling me you liked it so much. Yeah borrowed it from somebody i think it was matt wolf uh-huh. I borrowed it from wolf and i had it just sat on my shelf for months and then finally i put it on and i and like the 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 thing that bugs me about that movie is again aaron sorkin and the way he writes and it works for me um but like what really bugged me about that movie is like the ending came and i didn't want it to be over you? It's a long movie. It's like what two and a half, two forty, something like that. Like that. Yep. But it's one of those moments Isn't where like, ending. Like, I think it's like two twenty-five. Okay, maybe. Oh, what? It, yeah. But the ending came, and I was like, "That can't be the end." Like that, like, 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 no, like, I want more, and mm-hmm. it just didn't give it to me because it was like, "Nope, this is the end of our story." And I was like, this, that, "That's not cool." Like, I was so involved into that movie. It sucked me in so awesomely. And it's it, nonlinear storytelling. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the West Wing, I think is awesome. Um, and and Minka Kelly, or uh, you've got uh, Rob Lowe's in it. Moira Kelly. Kelly. Dule Hill, Allison Jenny. Um, uh, Bradley Martin Whitford. Dean, Bradley Whitford. Like, it's a top-notch cast. It's a mm-hmm. great cast. So, Social Network is a two-hour movie. That's it? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's the movie's not that long. Because it had it been two and a half hours, it probably would have given you more that you wanted, Jace. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I really I thought it was longer like, than that. I don't feel like it that's the other thing is when it ended, I was like the movie's over. Like I couldn't believe that it was over. It as- is one of the shorter David Fincher films, so Yeah, maybe it was just because it was Fincher that I was sitting there going, It can't be just two hours. Uh, fantastic you- movie. Are you all right? We we all yeah we agree on that. Are you a West Wing fan? Shane's <laughs> like get off social network and get back to nineteen ninety nine TV shows. Um, well, Jason, what only even asked me about? I was like, I love social network. It should have won Best Picture that year. Um, West Wing. Uh, I have not really watched West Wing. I started okay. the first couple of episodes and then I just kind of didn't complete it. But it's in my queue still. And the the reason why I really want to watch it because everyone raves about it. But I'd say probably the last 
seven to eight years, I've kind of really thrown myself into politics. What? No. Keeping no, up. Really? What? I'm so shocked by this information. How many texts pre-election did I get from Jason Richardson? Have you registered to vote? Um, the just you know following it more and not not from the 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 the, 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 the politics standpoint of it, but just more so of the. You know how things are. You know the the different positions. You know the from the the you know with the Congress, with the House of Representatives too, and you know and so having a lot more of that knowledge, I feel like I'm better prepped to watch the West Wing because when you're dealing with the characters, you know you're probably going to obviously be informed of who their titles are and their roles in the government. So I feel like I have a a better tune in antenna now to watch that show and understand these people's roles that they play in government more so than you know if you go back 20 years where i wasn't really into government and and didn't really know a lot of the government roles per se and so i feel like i'd be more in tune into it now now that i know a little bit more nice i don't care about politics so i never watched the west wing so we can move on now so the, the next, next that you've da- you've tagged you need to Shane. Jason, take it take it for the next show. I'll be right back. Next show is Angel, which was the it premiered October fifth of nineteen ninety nine. It was the spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, this takes her her vampire boyfriend from seasons two and three, and he leaves Sunnydale, California, which is a fictitious town, and he moves to L.A. And he ends up becoming a private investigator and he deals in the paranormal at that point. Um, he uh, You loved that show, didn't you? David Boreanaz, Charisma Carpenter, Glenn Quinn, God rest his soul, and uh, Alexis Denisoff. Um, this, the first season of this, oh man, actually the first two seasons of this are really top notch for the sci-fi fantasy that I am, that I really enjoy. Um, I yes, David Boreanaz was my man crush, uh, especially at this point in time. He um, oh, because you were you were crazy about Buffy, right? Oh yes, give me Sarah Michelle. Gellar. Okay, I just remember you going on about something about that show or whatever. So, anyways, yeah, uh, I, go I, ahead. I watch David Boreanaz on SEAL Team still to this day. If you're into um, into operating and stuff like that. I think it's, I, I don't know how technically correct it is, but I enjoy watching the show. Um, but yeah, David Boreanaz is, plays an immortal or uh, plays a, an, a vampire who has a soul. And so he feels bad for all the crap that he did while he didn't have his soul as a regular vampire. And, um, and but yeah, like it's just, this show does some really silly stuff. There's an episode later on in later seasons where he becomes a puppet. He gets transformed into a puppet. I and have actually seen that episode. That, that episode's hilarious. Um, and then, but like, I've never seen that. Goes on. Um, if you're into the Buffy universe at all, you should have watched this already. If you haven't, you need to make sure you do. Um, but I've yeah. still got another season and a half of Buffy to finish, and then I plan to start Angel. I just don't know why it's taken me eight years to finish Buffy. It's tough, though, because it's one of those things where, like, when I was watching them at home on DVD, 
there were times where like every like I'd be like, oh, I'll watch this episode. But then I found myself like actually plotting out like this episode of Buffy. Then I'd watch that episode of Angel. Then I have to swap. Mm. I kept swapping discs after every single episode. Because so there's, there's a season or two where they overlap, right? Yeah, because this yeah. this is season four, five, six, and seven of Buffy. And then it lasted one more season after Buffy. Right? Oh, okay. So um but yeah there's there's a lot of good stuff that happens in angel it's an awesome show very nice uh and jaybird you were you've never watched angel at all okay i've watched a few episodes here and there completely random ones i've seen the puppet puppet episode at least two or three times just because not even knowing the plot of angel in like the fourth or fifth season whenever that happens or what very late in the show not even knowing what was actually going on it still is absolutely hilarious like it it's essentially a bottle episode that even I could follow what was going on in that episode. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, our next topic, we're going to discuss our shows that ended in 1999. Um, the first of them being the, the first place vote getter on our community poll. This is a complete surprise to me. I think the show is fine, but I didn't love this show. I don't, I haven't watched it in years, but on a, a May 4th, so yesterday in 1999, the show News Radio came to an end after five seasons, and they only did 97 episodes, which obviously perhaps it didn't run very long because post Phil Hartman's murder, death, yep. however you want to look at it, I feel like the show probably lost a lot of the traction that it had. Um, had Phil Hartman not passed away, they probably could have gotten nine or ten seasons out of the show. Dude, this um, show was really funny, though. And, and I remember, I again, I never watched it hardcore, but I did watch it because obviously Phil Hartman, I grew up on Saturday Night Live. I loved Saturday Night Live. So I watched this for Phil Hartman and John Lovitz. Um, and Vicki Lewis was on it also. Um, Dave Foley and Stephen Root are both great. I'm not an Andy Dick fan. Andy Dick is actually one of the people in Hollywood I hate the most. Um, because if you don't know, Andy Dick supplied the cocaine to Phil Hartman's wife the night that she decided to overdose and kill the both of them. Um, so I'm just not a huge Andy Dick fan after I found out that information. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, I like the show. I think it's funny. I don't love the show, but I, I've watched it from time to time when, it, when it's on reruns now. Um, and it's funny. I find myself laughing a lot. I do like it a lot better on the episodes Phil Hartman is on. How do you guys feel about the show? I think it's hilarious. Um, Joe Rogan is on that show, and he's really funny. Oh yeah, yep. Um, oh, is that the controversial politics guy these days? That guy? Well, yeah, but he, I mean, he's a liberal, so but mm -hmm. he's just he just happens to be. Uh, he just doesn't have. He doesn't like to be silenced in his in his the way he likes to talk. And so, he just happens to have like the number think, one podcast in the world ever that gets yeah. billions of views. I don't think Joe Rogan's liberal. He is. Well, go ahead, trust though. Me, trust me. Really? He's a liberal. He just doesn't like being muzzled at all. So that's the problem sure. that he's faced with by a lot of other liberals is the fact that he should oh. make, like should shut his mouth a lot and he refuses to do so. But he's also involved with like UFC and like Shane said, he's got the number one podcast. Um, this was when he was just a comedian before he did all that stuff. Um, he's really funny in this show. Uh, who is the one that you, who is the girl that you listed? Vicky Lewis? Uh, no, Maura Tierney. Oh, Maura Tierney, yep. I, I think that's who I'm thinking about. Is that the younger girl? Mm -hmm, with the dark hair? 
Yeah, she is absolute gold. And there's oh, an yeah. episode where, um, uh, oh gosh, what's the who's uh, Alec? No, not, David Cross. David Cross plays the brother of somebody, and he in the entire episode, you find out that he has been faking a brain injury for like a decade and a half. And he's acting like he's retarded or like mentally challenged, but the entire time he's not. And so he keeps <laughs> hitting on her the entire episode. Every time everybody would leave the like his family members all think like he literally has convinced his family members that he has this mental incapacity. And then like every time they clear the room, he's like, so baby, when are we going out? And it's, just, <laughs> and it's one of the one of those episodes where you watch it and you're just like, this is so evil, but it's so funny at the exact same time. So um, I really enjoyed news radio when I watched it, when Phil Hartman was on it. I think I stopped when they brought in John Lovitz to replace, I think it was John Lovitz that they brought in to replace him. That sounds right. Um, I um, Yeah, I believe it was. And I did not care for that. And it might've been just me holding on to the Phil Hartman aspect and just been like, I don't want to watch the rest of this anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you down. on that. But yeah, like it, it's a fun show. Jaybird? Jaybird? Nope, didn't watch it, it, didn't nope. care. Interesting. Uh, so the next show that ended in 1999, um, they had a three-part finale that aired on May 18th was part one. And then uh, parts two and three both aired on May 25th of 1999. And that was uh, the show Home Improvement, came which on our, what's that? Came in fifth. Came in fifth community. on the community poll. Uh, obviously huge cast, Tim Allen, Patricia Richardson, Earl Hinman, Terry Noah Smith, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Zachary Ty Bryan. All three of the kids have three names. I've never realized that before. Uh, Richard Karn played Al. Um I, I always liked this finale because of the fact that Jill got a job in Indiana, which really shouldn't be that big of a deal because the show is set in Detroit. So it's not like it's not like her job offer was like super far away from where she was. But the fact that her job offer in the season finale was in Bloomington, Indiana, and she ends up taking it like I just always thought it was cool that the Taylors ended up in Indiana. I don't know. It's one of those weird Hollywood things that I really enjoy. Um but uh, Home Improvement was a show that I grew up with from, it was watched in my household by my father. Um, and so I have an affinity for it. I really love the show. Just, I want to say two to three years ago, I sat down and, and watched the entire show in order. It's on Hulu or Netflix or something like that. So I sat down from episode one, watched them all in order every day that I could. And I, I still really enjoy the show. I think it holds up. I think they did a good job of dealing with a lot of social and political issues and stuff like that for being in the 90s it's stuff that's still relevant today Are they you, could totally bring that show back today and, and it would be great I, I i like i know uh tim allen's got his like last man standing i think is what it's called it's on like it's ninth or tenth season now i think that one's been canceled though yeah but i think i think this was i think this year was their last season like i think it's just been canceled but i think it went like nine or ten seasons which is crazy because it's uh, one of his daughters is the girl from Justified who literally looks like she hasn't aged a day since she was on Justified. And that was 10 plus years ago. But um, I happened to, this last season, they did a crossover where they actually brought his home improvement character onto the show. And so it was really kind of cool to see Tim Allen doing the double role of his character on, on uh, Last Man Standing interacting with 
uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor. So now I, I don't watch I don't watch Last Man Standing regularly. It's another thing that if it's on and I put it on because I'm doing stuff, I'll watch it and it's funny. I can't remember the woman that plays his wife, but I think she's a pretty Nancy funny actress. Wilson? Who is it? Nancy Wilson. Is it Nancy Wilson? The chick from uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes. Uh, Nancy Wilson doesn't sound right, but it could be. Um, but yeah, she's... she's her, name is, her name is Nancy, but the last name you got wrong. Travis. Nancy Travis. Nancy Travis. Thank you. Yes, yeah. So I really enjoy her on the show. I think she's pretty funny bouncing off of it in the same way that Patricia Richardson was in Home Improvement. Uh, either of you guys fan of home, fans of Home Improvement, and do you remember watching the finale at all? I don't remember the finale. I've seen several episodes of Home Improvement of all the TV shows that we've talked up to this point. That would probably be one of my, my favorite of everything we've talked about so far. Right on. I, but, I I, but I was never like a dedicated person. It was always kind of watching in, um, uh, when it went to syndication. It probably won't surprise anybody listening to this that I really enjoyed all the Tool Time girls like Pamela Anderson and the redhead chick named Holly that I don't remember her real name, but probably won't surprise anybody that a teenage version of Shane really enjoyed watching Home Improvement for them. Yeah. Mayor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Mayor? I think it's interesting because I don't, I remember watching how many, do you know how many seasons they had? Eight, uh, seasons. eight So It doesn't look like I wrote it down for this. I want to say seven? Eight. I'm looking eight. at it. Okay, yeah, eight episodes, so eight seasons. I, I did eight they did eight seasons of it and um it, like the i want to say it's like i think i stopped watching in like i used to watch it religiously with the family mm-hmm. every week um i want to say i stopped watching it in season four or five somewhere in that range i've never seen the i do remember that like jonathan taylor thomas became such a huge star that at one point he was like, I don't even want to do this show, but he was contractually obligated to be in it for so many seasons or something. Yeah. So he ended up like taking a lesser role because like they sent him off to like military school or something. He he went off to like a Greenpeace type thing. He went off to like save the rainforest type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he that. came back that first season he was gone. He came back for the Christmas episode. Like they worked it out where he only had to appear like in so many episodes a season or something. So he came back for the Christmas episode one year. He came back for like an episode or two the next year. And then I think the last season, he didn't come back until the finale. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm, I, I, so I don't think I've ever seen the ending of this show, but I will agree with you that all the tool uh, girls were awesome. Yeah. The last season gets a little rough. It's, it's not great because, and, and their storyline they went with was, uh, Benford Tools sells the show to like some other company and they try to make it more into like a talk show and they try to they come in and try to oppress Tim and not let Tim have like the creative control over the show and they try to tell him what he has to do and they try to turn it into like a uh, uh, what were all those talk shows back there Sally Jesse Raphael uh, yeah, Donahue like those type of shows where it was less about actually like you know, building and doing stuff as it was about like drama. Like I remember in the finale, the, the part one of the finale, they have like a fight or something on the show. And like, it's supposed to be like a talk show and have nothing to do with building, which is what eventually pushes Tim. His, his fight with, in the last season, they brought in a new character that was like the, 
the studio representative from the new company that bought them that was like there to produce and, and change the show and Tim and him butted heads a lot. Um, the last season's not that great. It, it, it's kind of rough to get through, but yeah, like it is what it is, but there are some really good tool time or uh, home improvement stuff that goes on throughout the course of the show because I love Christmas so much. I loved the fact that every year they did a Christmas episode and that Tim was always all about decorating his house with as like basically going Clark Griswold essentially over decorating his house. And he had a competition with his neighbor across the street. And so every year it was like, what can I do to one up my neighbor? Like I really enjoyed the Christmas episodes every year that they did. So, yeah, like I said, it, it's one of those shows that I grew up with, so I have an affinity for it, even though I, I know it's not great. One of my favorite episodes, uh, there's a guest star of Jim Brewer and Dave Chappelle. They're literally on for like five minutes of the episode as guests on Tool Time. And it's just fun to see those two comedians at the, like, this was before Half-Baked. I think this was like a 93, 94 episode. So, like, right when Dave Chappelle is taking off. But just the fact that he did this one episode of Tool Time is just like, it makes me laugh. It makes me happy to see like him pre-being becoming Dave Chappelle that we know. So, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Home Improvement. Uh, the next show is one that I didn't appreciate when I was younger, but it is now probably hmm, God, it's so tough. The show the show that I'm that we're talking about is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And it's tough for me because I grew up with Star Trek The Next Generation. Jean-Luc Picard is like my captain. As I, as I, uh, as I got, I think this show started in 92 or 93. And I was right getting into high school. And like, you know, The Next Generation was still my Star Trek show. And then Deep Space Nine happened. And I just couldn't get into Deep Space Nine that it was a very political Star Trek show. And I had just grown up for years watching The Next Generation switching into something that was so political and so slow and they're on a space station they're not you know out traveling going to a different planet every week i don't think i've lasted half the first season my my dad is a huge trekkie he's what he's what got me into star trek i watched the next generation with him growing up he loved deep space nine but me as a 13 to 15 year old kid just didn't care about watching it like it was just it was not what i wanted from a star trek show in 2012, I rewatched the entire, I rewatched all of The Next Generation, all of Deep Space Nine, and all of Voyager in one year. And when I rewatched Deep Space Nine as a 32 year old adult, I absolutely love the show and love the characters and the politics and like seeing how things ran on Deep Space Nine. And I have a, a huge respect for the show now. It's tough for me to say that I like it more than the next generation, but I mean, because like even Benjamin Sisko isn't a captain at the beginning of the show. He's just the commander of the space station. It's like four seasons into the show before he officially becomes a captain in, in Starfleet. So I love watching his career as he, as he manages this space station and this war, like he is literally in the middle of the Dominion War throughout the entire seven seasons of the show it's it, it's a show i did not appreciate in 1999 but i absolutely love it now i think it's phenomenal it came in 11th in voting um are either of you guys trekkies at all and do you care about deep space nine at all 
Mayor, yeah. I, I know you. I know you and I have talked about the next generation. But were you a were you a Deep Space Nine fan at all, Mayor? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Jake. Uh, oh no, no, Mayor. I know uh, you and I have talked about the next generation a lot. But what, did you get into? Uh, so I grew up. Um, my parents were into sci-fi as well. Uh, Star Wars obviously was something that played a lot in my house. My parents were into Star Trek, the original series. They watched a little bit of it while I was growing up. They really liked the movies that were coming out. Um, they got into, my mom was a huge Next Generation, like just like got into it and just started watching it. I started watching with Next Generation. I really enjoy Next Generation. I love Deep Space Nine really good like even when i was watching it back then really really got into it cisco was always my favorite captain after watching that show um i loved the uh the defiant as a as a ship sure so cool um i thought Worf's character was way better in that than it was in next generation um he did he did get a lot more attention and a lot more depth on that show than he ever got and I gotta, and I gotta say, I also had a huge crush on Terry Farrell. Like, oh she, sure, like, like, yeah, that was that might have been the main reason I was watching that show. So you, you, well, you're definitely like later seasons then, because Jadzia Dax didn't come on until like season three or four. I thought Jadzia started, and it was the, and then I thought Ooh. Terry Farrell was the first one. Apologies, yep, I had that backwards. I apologize. You're right. You're right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. When she, when they changed her, I kind of started losing interest, but. Um, I, I still really dug uh, a lot of the stuff that they were doing with that show. So um, that was, um, I remember it being on at 1035 on Fox 59 every single weeknight. And I can't tell you, I, I mean, easily all throughout my high school years, I probably didn't go to bed until mid, like 1230 12 12 30 nice because i used to watch that and then i immediately switched well, that up. hasn't changed huh? <laughs> well so that like, hasn't changed yeah but i mean when you're in high school you're not always staying up that late but i uh i definitely it would it was definitely next generation deep space nine whichever one was at 10 35 and then i would flip over and i'd watch david letterman almost every single night so because nice. i love letterman so um but yeah, Deep Space Nine, awesome show. Love the show. Awesome. Jay Bird, are you a Star Trek guy at all? I like Star Trek. Um, I just have not seen Deep Space Nine. It's on the list to that's again one of those shows where for me, Star Trek, I mean, you've gotta you've gotta be into it. Like it's gotta be the right time, the right moment. So you get into a few episodes and then you stick with it sure. and it's, it's on the list. I would like to revisit uh, the next generation and then kind of go from there again. Cause I, I do, I do like next generation a lot. So yeah. Next generation is great. Um, and the first two seasons are kind of rough. Um, Cause like I said, back in 2012, I watched next generation, deep space nine and Voyager, you know, all 400 and some odd episodes that was over a seven month period um and and the when i when i first started and was watching next generation i was like man i don't remember these first few seasons being this bad like but their their visual effects are bad there's a lot of like not well set decorated stuff but 
hey, after like season but three, you know what? They finally Picard. got something to put into him. Picard, Picard's Picard, awesome. Picard. Yep. Dude, and that and that and that's why when I when I rewatched it and watched the pilot episode of Deep Space Nine, the pilot episode of Deep Space Nine has um enterprise docked at deep space nine it was their crossover event to get you interested in deep space nine as a kid i didn't put all this together but when i rewatched it that first meeting between picard and benjamin cisco where um benjamin cisco tells picard that his wife died at wolf 539 or 5359 which is where picard basically like instigated a war and picard is like okay like he doesn't say i'm sorry like because picard doesn't think that he did anything wrong in that war like he's like okay we're like it's 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 such a great conversation between those two of them because cisco's like i want you to know that like you're responsible for the death of my wife because you instigated this war and picard's like i mean i'm not going to apologize for it i did what i thought was right and like that is an amazing conversation between two people who have absolute resolve on their side of that argument about that about that war situation so like deep space nine is is absolutely worth watching one of my favorite shows looking back on the 90s that i wish i cared about more when i was in high school and like i said it finished 11th in our community poll now we are going to go to the most popular uh the rest of the most popular results from our community poll that were all on the air during 1999 and the second place vote getter on the community poll was friends jason richardson i'm gonna let you go first because you're shaking your head which makes me think you don't like friends i don't hate friends i think it was just so overrated i mean it's 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 so over the i don't take that personally um <laughs> uh I, I i don't know i just it, i watch it and it's just so over the top but i mean that's tv just in general but I, I didn't I didn't get the friends phenomenon i just didn't i don't think it's a bad show and I think that there are good moments in those shows, but I just didn't get how that was like life for people, that show. That was just life. I mean, that was like its own phenomenon. And then they got to the, be the whole um, where they get a million dollars each negotiating the contract things was yeah. real controversial and nothing wrong with that per se, but it was just kind of like, really? Like, but I guess with as many people that were watching it, you know, they want to get paid, but just in general though, I just never understood how that show got to be so popular, but I could understand how it'd be a hit show, but not a phenomenon. Well, Even to where like today, you know, this, the friends gets passed around like a dirty whore, amongst different like streaming systems and it like and you always see the ads in the in the you know in the facebook or whatever friends is leaving netflix you know what i mean like and just i don't know anyways i'm done well what i'm gonna say is the first ever deal for friends ended up being with netflix and it was on netflix for about five years and then the hbo max deal came into place so I don't feel like you're passing around is is really that that correct 
because it's only ever been on Netflix and then on HBO Max. But what I'm going to say is in the last 20 years of Jason and I, I mean, Jason and I have known each other longer. Jason Bayer and I have known each other longer than 20 years. But in the last 20 years, we've had cell phones. I'd say three times a week minimum, we have friends-related quotes exchanged between us. Mayor, would you support me on that? Would you say at least three times a week? Probably. Either a friend's quote sent back and forth or a friend's gift sent back and forth. Or, I mean, like, I I think the show is absolutely I do hilarious. David Schwimmer friends, friends' gifts at times. Sure. Um, pivot. It's pivot one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I find the show super quotable, super relatable. Um, uh, I know, I know Jason's made the comment that if he hadn't moved to Boston when he did him and I probably would have ended up being roommates and he felt like it would have been Joey and Chandler and would have been bad though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If Jason hadn't moved to Boston when he did, we were probably about on the verge of moving in together. Uh, there was there was an available house for us to to rent together, and it probably would have been like the R-rated version of Friends at that point. Yeah. If you had to eliminate one friend, who would it be? Oh, off the television show, right? We're not talking <laughs> about personal life, right? <laughs> um. It's Phoebe hmm. for me. Like I love Phoebe, but it's definitely like I, I I could totally do without her. See, I'm oddly attracted to Phoebe's my problem. I don't care about being attracted to her. I just feel like she's the one that I could do with it. It's See, I feel like I feel like I'd have to eliminate wrong. Joey because he's competition for me. Oh no. no. Yeah, I I mm. But again, I feel like I could also eliminate Ross because I don't feel like him and I would get along at all. Like, I feel like he would not enjoy my antics. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say Ross. I always felt I always felt like Ross was just annoying. Oh, he is. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, that's the that's the role he fell into with that show. Like, yeah, he was the divorced guy who was annoying. So. But yeah, so um. Friends is one of my all-time favorite shows. Uh, that They ended up doing a total of 236 episodes of the show. The season five finale happened in May of 1999, which is the one in Vegas, uh, which is an absolutely phenomenal episode that ends with Ross and Rachel getting married in Vegas because they're so drunk. Hello, which... Mr. Ross. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Rachel. Mr. Rachel. Mr. Rachel, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was... That was a that was kind of near the height of the show, in my opinion. The first couple seasons are okay. I want to say seasons three to six are probably my favorite. Seven to eight are fine, and then nine and ten are, are lower on my on my list of the show. Um. Oh man, Mayor is tired. I'm good. It's All just right. here. We got a lot more TV shows to go. A lot through. more TV shows. So let's move on to the fourth place in the community poll, which oh. is a show that. I've watched some of, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's okay. I've never been obsessed with watching the show, but they have done 731 episodes of the Simpsons over. That I don't is know, it's, insane. It's in like 36, 40. No, no, no. I was going to say it's our fourth place. It's, yeah, it's fourth place on the poll, but they've been like 30 some seasons of this show. 731 episodes is insane. In 1999, I have there to were. Say 
No, go ahead. They were they were in their tenth season, is all Thanks. I was gonna say. But what were you gonna say? I I think that the thing I never got like sucked into the symptoms Simpsons where I watched it weekly and such, but I have such a, again, kind of going back to that family guy, a respect for the show. It's the longest running show, I think on television, right? Yeah. I, I um, think so. But the one thing that from a nostalgia standpoint that I have a special, the Simpsons has a special place in my heart because I can boy. remember when they did the little snippet things on the Tracy Ullman show. Sure. Yep. And to me, the Simpsons, it was more special than because you just got a little piece, a piece of them every once in a while. Then it became the show, which was like, oh, you kind of excited. But then, you know, it just kind of went on and on and on and on. But I never hated Simpsons. You just kind of catch it and it's, you know, here and there and, and such. But it, it, I mean that I, I mean that was high high school. Like that show came on when I was in high school. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm almost fifty now. You know, so it's like, <laughs> wow. You know, like just to still be going. It's energy. You got to have respect for it, even if you really don't watch the show. For sure. Mayor, what are your feelings on The Simpsons? Uh, I watched um, some of the seasons kind of religiously for a little while, uh, every Sunday night while we were having pizza at my parents' house. Um, um, Just pizza? Well, yeah, we used to, my, my mom used to, Sunday night was pizza night at our house. Homemade awesome. Pizza. Oh, okay. Homemade pizza night at my parents' house. And um, we used to always have pizza and always watch The Simpsons. And... Um, I fell off at some point, probably just while I was in high school and got too busy with stuff. And then um, I didn't. What's find all the same? Funny. Well, and I don't find it funny anymore. Like I, the, the kids started right. like the kids had it on the TV at one point just for whatever, a couple of years ago. And it was like within like five minutes, they were there was like multiple homosexual jokes. Uh, um, like not even like funny, like it, it, it just was like. It just feels like you're doing it because you can do it, not because it's funny. Um, they were boob jokes. And I mean, like, it was all in the span of, like, a very short period of time. Because I was like, oh, they can they can watch The Simpsons. It's no big deal. And I had the TV on, and I was, like, reading a book or something. And then, like, hearing these words go through my brain while I'm trying to read a book. And I was just like, yeah, no, we're done with this. Like, um, it's definitely, and not that it was ever made for children, but I thought it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, um, I thought the movie, when they did the movie that came out in theaters, while well, what was that, late, uh, mid-2000s? Like 2007. Yeah. Somewhere like, around there, yep. I, I, really funny movie. I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, well, it was okay. I remember back. not hating it. I, it. It kind of felt like old school Simpsons to me, and then, um, but I don't think I've watched a single season, single episode. Since then. They could have cut that show year, years ago, and even like in in its early prime, it's like, how long can they go on with this? Like, it's just, I know television is meant to not take it seriously, but it, there's at some point where you're looking for some kind of real life element. And the fact that those kids never aged or grew up or they were just stuck in their, 
elementary school period, it, it just didn't make sense on that level for me. Well, you want to talk about another show that doesn't make sense for the same reason? Let's go to the number six place voting in the community poll, and that's South Park, who has only 310 episodes compared to 731 of The Simpsons. But South Park is now in their 24th season. And is I that mean, still running today? That's still running today. And here's the weirdest thing about it. When I think back, I remember the movie, South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. Bigger, 99, right? In, in 1999, that, that movie came out during their second season, which means it had to have started production during their first season. So, like, how, how, during, how was that show already so popular that during their first season they were already in production on the movie? Because didn't South Park, didn't, kind of like The Simpsons, didn't you get snippets of it somewhere before it became a full-fledged show? Or maybe some underground kind of thing, you know what I mean? Wasn't, internet was kind of around a little bit, right? Like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know enough about South Park to know their origins. I feel like you might be kind of right because I think I've kind of seen like a black and white, like more hand drawn sketch stuff of of South Park, and it looks like Mayor's looking it up for us. So I'm just kind of babble, gonna kind of babble. It's, it's kind of it's almost it's it's almost like it didn't exist then, but it was almost like it was something. It would be something like you catch on YouTube snippets, right? That turned sure. into this phenomenon that then led to a, a, a TV show. So you, I kind of feel like I've, I've seen it somewhere before it led up to the television show. So uh, Parker and Stone developed the show from the spirit of Christmas, two consecutive animated shorts. Uh, the latter became one of the first internet viral videos. Oh, okay. So um, ultimately leading to South Park's production, the pilot episode was produced using cutout in animation. Um, and its first episode was August 13th of 1997. So Okay, so yeah, so less than two years later, like, because uh, the movie came out on June 30th of 99. So less than two years later, they already had an entire first season in the middle of their second season and a movie came out. Like, that's pretty huge i remember working at clearwater at that point and i thought that, that movie was going to be this big huge thing and just no one came to see that damn thing who was your best employee that was working for you at, at the point when that movie came out nobody what what what, what are you talking about in 1999, who was your best employee? That, oh, that picked up oh, all oh the there was that guy. And... That was guy, uh, uh, Mr. White. Um, yeah, that was your best employee yeah. in 1999. He was great. He dressed up as Darth Maul for Shine. For I think is his name was not Shine. Shine. Mm, yeah. I don't think I don't think Shine's right. Shine. Shine White. <laughs> ah, that guy. All right. The next um, show that we're going to talk about got the seventh place voting in the community poll. And it is one that I like for the simple fact that it connects to one of my all time favorite TV shows, which is Cheers, the spinoff of Frasier. Jason, this like you should love Frasier. He's in the same business as you. You're a DJ where he's a talk show host. You hate Frasier? I hate Frasier. Frasier is just so dry and just dry 
and dry. It's like that area on your leg that you can't put enough lotion on it. It's still dry. Like, it's just boring as fuck. That's sad. Uh, so I don't want to hear your. But I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved Cheers, and I liked Frasier on Cheers. I didn't sure. need, uh, I didn't need a spinoff of Frasier. The only oh, thing, well, oh. now you're about to get a revival of it because they're about to bring Cheers or Frasier back. I know. My only, they my could totally only bring Cheers back. I would love to bring Cheers back. That would be phenomenal. Um, the one thing that I always disliked about Frasier was how they were trying to distance himself from B.B. Newworth. Um, and, and um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on her character's name. Uh, Frasier and... Uh, Lillian? Lilith. 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 Lilith, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. I know Lilith guest starred on maybe like two episodes out of 200... And, excuse me, out of 264. I think she guest starred on two, maybe three of them. But like, Frederick. I, I loved Frasier and Lilith, and I like the fact that they, you know, they had their child. Like Frederick became a part of the show at one point. Like, I I like that, but I I just enjoyed watching Frasier's character. He's so neurotic and so ridiculous, and his his dad and his brother are, are variations of his ridiculousness. So I always enjoyed watching the three of them annoy the shit out of each other. Like. I know that was kind of the shtick of the show, aside from him, his work relationships that he had. But like John Mahoney was just hilarious as his dad. Like I really enjoyed the stuff they did with him. Like I like John. Just, I like John Mahoney. I just didn't like. There's something about Kelsey Grammer that just rubs me the wrong way. Like, and I don't like how he treated his cheated on his wife, and then just threw her to the curb. It just there's just something about him just I did not care for, and I'm just like, ugh. But you know, a lot of people love that show. That show had legs. That was a very very popular. To have Cheers be what it was, and then them do a spinoff. A lot of times, spinoffs obviously don't have legs. And Frasier, you know what? My hat off to the fact that it it passed. It had legs, and it was a big deal when it ended. Yeah, they didn't they didn't bring Kelsey Grammer in until season four of Cheers. So you've got like eight seasons of him playing uh Frasier on Cheers, and then eight or nine more years of him like that was like a 17, 18 year period where he played the same character on two different shows long term. Uh, I don't I, I can't think of many other shows, at least not live like at least not live action that were able to do that, like television wise. Mr. Belding, I guess, was on like three different versions of Saved by the Bell, I think. But hey, Joey had his spinoff TV show, which had Drea De Mateo as his sister. I'm so happy you brought that up. Uh, but yeah, so I, how did you feel about Frasier, Jason? Did you watch it? Did you care? Uh, I like it. Uh, I, I like the dry humor in it. Uh, I don't think I've seen every episode. I didn't, it wasn't something I was like, I need to go watch this every week. It was just like, if I was home and it was on, I'd, I'd, I'd catch it. So, yeah, it was one that, uh, when it was airing in real time, I was very hit and miss watching it, but it is one that I'll, I'll, I'll put on dry, dry. Uh, it is it is one that I'll put on from time to time and watch a few episodes in a row. And 
it, it's not something I love, but I don't mind it from time to time. And they have a couple of really good Christmas episodes every year. I watch their Christmas episodes as part of my Christmas TV show day. So fine show. Oh, the next the next show we're going to talk about. I'll be back on this one because you I don't I don't even you didn't don't even watch this, this show. I just lost it on my there we go. Uh so um all you you didn't watch Boy Meets World either? Out of 158 episodes of Corey and Topanga, you didn't watch any Boy Meets World? I might have watched a couple episodes, but for the most part, I did not. You need to go back to Hulu no. and watch Boy Meets no, World. No, it don't. will bring up so much nostalgia for you, man. Like it's oh man. Well, all right. It was eighth place in the community poll. I absolutely loved this show. Um uh it ended in 2000 so we were in the second to last season uh, and this season involved Corey and Topanga's wedding um but unfortunately like they break up at the beginning of this season so this season's pretty garbage and apparently nobody really cares to talk to me about Boy Meets World uh when I was at Chicago Comic Con like three years ago when we were actually allowed to go to comic book conventions I went to the to the the Boy Meets World um, panel, and it was a lot of fun to see all the cast members that I loved and cared about and grew up with. What's that? I said, of course you did. It was a lot of fun. I really like Boy Meets World, and uh, yeah, apparently I'm the only one. Did you know, uh, really quick, that Mr. Feeney was also the voice of Kit on Knight Rider? I did know that. Yeah. uh, Well, that was the only fun trivia that William Daniels did that so yay Topanga um was one of my very early crushes after DJ Tanner when I was growing up um Kelly and it's because she's like DJ Tanner baby oh I love DJ some DJ Paul. Tanner but like Topanga was just like she was like that young Phoebe like she was Winnie like Cooper oh Winnie Cooper yeah she's in the top five of all time also like unfortunately I when I I hate admitting this in it in my youth, I loved Winnie Cooper, but when I went back and rewatched The Wonder Years Horrible. a couple of years ago, the show isn't as good as I remember it being. But Winnie Cooper just didn't hold up, and it made me sad. Yeah, you romanticized her because she was a cutie, but she like the character itself was not the best. Yeah, so that was kind of a bummer. So that was the eighth place vote getter. Apparently, nobody really wants to talk about Boy Meets World with me. Did you ever watch Third Rock from the Sun? Very hit and miss. Agree. I just I like I like Joseph Gordon Levitt. I remember French Stewart doing this a lot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like Joseph Gordon Levitt was funny in the show. Like I remember seeing a couple of episodes and and thinking it was funny when we saw it, but. Besides that, never. Jason Richardson. Oh, y'all didn't spend too much time on Boy Meets World, did you? Well, nobody really. No, if, if you didn't want to talk about it, and Jason never watched the show, and nobody can can share their love for Topanga with me, like there wasn't much to talk about. So we moved on to Third Rock from the oh, Sun. Oh, good. Uh, never watched, watched it. You never did. Okay. Uh, it nope. was the night. I do like place. John Lithgow. John Lithgow is great. The show's funny. It's one that it's it's one that I've never religiously watched. I've caught a lot of episodes. I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I like John Lithgow. Uh, who's the mother? Kirsten Johnson. Kristen Johnson. I like her. I agree that French Stewart. Jane was Curtin. Annoying. 
Oh, Jane Curtin was on the show also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good cast. Every episode I've ever watched has been enjoyable. I've never been like, oh, this show is dumb. I've watched it. I've been like, oh, this is pretty funny. Ha, ha, ha. But, I mean, I never watched it live. I've always caught it in syndication. And, again, because I'm a huge Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan, I will watch it for him, despite the fact he's, like, 10 on the show or whatever. Um, but, yeah, so it's fine. So, Jason, you were uh, on the show. Richardson, did you watch it religiously at all? No? Okay. No, I, I did not. And I don't even really – remember watching a full episode of it i just always like way over the top and i just didn't really connect with it but i will say though even though joseph gordon lovett lovett was in that it's always hard to picture him today like i don't even today he is an adult 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 but i i still see him as a kid sure like i don't see him as an adult i still think of him as a joseph Gordon Levitt as a kid in TV and movies and stuff. Does that he, he, he might agree on that? He will always be Cameron uh, to me from the nineteen ninety nine film Ten Things I Hate About You. Like that's how I will always see Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like I love the work that he's done. I love him in Inception. Like he is one of the best parts of Inception. But agree. Like I will always see him as Cameron from Ten Things I Hate About You. The next show for us to talk about is uh, it's a very it's a very hit and miss show I, I i tried to watch it when it first aired i lost interest i've tried to go back and re-watch it and i've lost interest i like the characters but i really just feel like the writers don't know how to tell a good story and that's the x-files yeah, the they overall have... arc of what they were trying to accomplish never felt like it was ever complete, even when it got completed, for the most yep. part. Um, I this is a but show man, that I, show was popular. It was. Uh, it was. It, it got tenth movies. So two movies. Uh, it was tenth place on our community poll. Uh, community poll for voting. So it was definitely in the top ten. And I have a lot of friends that are like die hard on it. And again, like. I tried to watch it in high school because a lot of people I hung out with watched it in high school. I couldn't get into it. I've, I've, I, in, in 98, when the movie came out, I watched the movie and I was like, oh, I think the movie's okay. I'm going to go back and rewatch the show. And I just still couldn't get into it. Like, I don't know if it was the second or third season that they were in when the movie came out. Wait, no, it would have been like the fifth or sixth season because I think the show. Uh, I can't tell. Uh, but so like after after the movie came out, I was like, oh, maybe I should give the show another shot. So I tried to start watching the next season. Couldn't get into it. Like 10 years later, I was like, you know what? I'm much older. Maybe I'll understand and appreciate X-Files more. So I went back when it was on a streaming platform. I think it was on Netflix at some point in the 2010s. Tried to start rewatching it and just couldn't get into it again. So like, it, it's unfortunately a show that like I, I would like I mean I'm a huge alien person I love aliens I love most alien science fiction products that I can get my hands on and this was just one that never hit right with me same here same some Richardson good, some really good it, it's it's one of those shit go ahead Jason I was just gonna say some really good episodes here and there I remember it being on Sunday nights as well on Fox and I want to say it was after the Simpsons not too long after the Simpsons and so um simpsons was on we'd watch that and then like I, um, then this would be on like an hour later or whatever 
Um, definitely something we watched for the first few seasons that it was on and I got into and I liked, but then it just seemed to like, got, it just kept getting weirder and weirder and not really um, trying to apply itself to ending the overall story arc. So um, I just, yeah, never, I kind of quit on it at some point and never found the interest to go back and see anything. And Richardson, your thoughts? It's one of those shows where I wanted to really get into it because everyone else was, and I just was like, uh, just not connecting with it. And it may be one of those things where, you know, I'm like 66 and retired and, you know, we're doing virtual streaming where we can put the thing over our head and be in the show. And I may get into it at that point you know i i'm totally 15 years away man oh man we'll see if we all last that long we'll see if the world doesn't crumble before then uh so we got two shows now that were suggested by people on the community poll and there are two shows that i like that i really enjoy so i wanted to make sure that we brought them up they weren't the most popular on the voting but they were shows that uh at least one of them i know mayor is a fan of also uh, the first one was added by Jay Hampton, who, like I said earlier, has just recently watched Ted Lasso. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, it's available on Apple Plus, and I highly recommend watching Ted Lasso because it's the greatest thing you will ever watch on television. But Jay suggested from 1999, the television show Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, which was just in its second season at that point uh, out of four. Uh, they ended up doing four seasons. It started in 98, 99, uh, saw its second season. Uh, I think the first season was a very short season, if I remember right. So it only aired in 98. And then uh, 99 was most of the second season. Uh, oh, no. Uh, okay. So the first, ha- the first season was a short season that aired in 98. And then late 98 saw the second season start. And then the second season finished in 90. Wait, I'm sorry. It started in 98. Second season started at the end of 98, went into 99. And so 99, we got the second half of season two and the first half of season three. Nathan Fillion joined the show in the second season. So you then literally had the two most sexy men on the planet, Ryan Reynolds and Nathan Fillion, on the same television show in 1999. Thank you, world. 1999 proves again how amazing it is that those two men were on the same television show. Mayor, I know you recently got the box set. Have you gone back through the show yet? Uh, I haven't uh, yet. It's okay. definitely on my list. So um, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I know that I, I caught it on the Women's Entertainment Network, the We Network. Mm-hmm. um years ago and i just i i was dying laughing every like ryan reynolds is funny in it and then like you said nathan fillion shows up it takes place in boston so it does definitely doesn't hurt that it's in one of my favorite towns um and then uh on top of that uh <laughs> i found out in later seasons that tiffany amber Thiessen joins the group and so it's just like this this it just keeps going up and up for me so quite literally well and i mean like uh, the boston garden episode from season one is one of is one of the funniest episodes of that show like it's absolutely amazing and then the episode 
I, I, I love the fact the running shtick of Ryan Reynolds in every episode is taking some different experimental drug that sometimes plays into the, the storyline of the episode, but the episode where his roommate is supposed to be presenting his um, uh, architectural project and Ryan Reynolds thinks that his roommate took the drug that he was supposed to be taking to help him stay awake or whatever to do it. Like, there's just, it's one of those great shows that just has running gags in it that are very fun and very funny. I I possess the television show digitally. Um, so during quarantine, I, I started re-watching it and I made it through the first two seasons I want to finish watching it. I don't know why. Like, I have no reason that I stopped watching it, but it was like for a week. I just sat down and, and during the day watched a couple of episodes every day. And it's just, it's an absolute blast of a television show. It's so much fun. Jason Richardson, have you ever watched Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place? I don't even know nope. how to tell you to watch it. I don't even know if it's available anywhere. Buying the DVD. Oh, I'm sure it'll pop up at some point. Ryan Reynolds dies and it'll you know, be in demand or something like that. But I'm sure it's a show I eventually will catch because it seemed to have uh, seems to have like a, a, a cult following now. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, and it's just one of those, it's, it's, it's a time capsule of the nineties. Like when you watch it, it's pure nineties, like the, the sitcom aspect of it, the like limited uh, sets that they have, like it was very much written as like a late nineties television show. Uh, and it's just, it, it's it's happiness because it's a lot of very funny people being very good at their at their job of making you laugh. Right. The next the next show was added by Tim Pendleton, uh, and it is a show that Jay Hampton, who suggested the previous show, actually gave me his DVD set ten to twelve years ago to watch. Uh, it's the show oh, Sports wow. Night, uh, which is an Aaron Sorkin show. Have either of you guys watched Sports Night at all? Much like The West Wing, it's Aaron Sorkin writing, but I care more about sports. So the fact that it's set around an ES, like the show Sports Night is literally a ripoff of ESPN. So it's about the characters that are the hosts of Sports Night. They're, it, it shows you production and like, you know, the hosts the producers, the people that work behind the scenes, and then it shows you their personal lives the sports television show itself is a very small, minute part of the show, as I assume the politics technically are on 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 a West Wing. But Sports Night, I really like Ted Lasso. Like Ted Lasso, the sports itself and Ted Lasso do not matter as much as the uh, character relationships outside of the sport. So Sports Night an amazing show uh, i've only ever watched it once like i said uh jay hampton lent me the dvd set that he owns so that i could watch it it was phenomenal really enjoy the show have either of you guys watched it i have not although no we... snippets but no gotcha um it's one that Didn't i was highly too recommend, long. both knowing that you guys like aaron sorkin writing like i recommend it the characters are very good um, I'm trying to remember some of the actors. Oh, Robert Gamay is on there. Uh, Benson, like he's he's phenomenal on there. Uh, Felicity Huffman. Um, Josh Charles. Yep. What's that? Just bought it. Josh Charles. You, you just bought Sports Night. Yep. On on Apple. Yep. How much is it? It's twenty bucks. 
well, now I want to go buy sports tonight because I don't own it digitally. Like I said, I haven't seen it since Jay sent me those or lent me those DVDs. Uh, I highly recommend it. You like Aaron Sorkin writing. It's ESPN. Um, but it's it's a very good character. Like, you know, they have to deal like with workplace shit going on. They have to deal with personal life shit going on. And they're just kind of friends around the workplace. It's It's very fun and enjoyable. So... I, I, whenever you finish it, I would love for you to report back that you've watched it and, and what you felt about it. So now I want to uh, move on to some of my favorite shows. What are you clapping about? The shows that he's like, watched. this is stuff I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> One of my all time favorite shows from the 90s. It is a show that I am passionate about. It's a show that the first two seasons, very close to my heart. Because Dawson Leary wanted to be a filmmaker. And in 1998 and 1999, I really wanted to be a filmmaker. So I love Dawson's Creek more than any human probably should. In 99, they were in the middle of the second season. Um, The big cliffhanger in the second season, they killed off one of their main characters. Uh, She got drunk and fell into a creek, the creek, and she ended up drowning. Um, so that kind of resonated for, for the rest of season two and into season three. But I love Dawson's Creek for millions of reasons. I could do a whole episode on Dawson's Creek. We should do a whole episode on Dawson's Creek. But how do you guys feel about Dawson's I feel like I can't get Mayor to I could. To I totally love Dawson's Creek. Like Good. Yeah, and it, it, it totally fits you too, especially at first – the first like couple episodes, like it's you got Shane written all over it. Oh, no, I love, I, I love Dawson's that. Creek. It, and I watched Dawson's Creek live in live time, like yep. weekly and yep. And um, it it's it's I have I'm in the midst of I I started rewatching it again. I'm just a couple episodes into the first season. You know, mom is kind of caught cheating by Joey. Yep. Yep. and whatnot but um it, it was it, it it's it's just a great show you know and then like any show a lot of shows start off really great and then they just kind of like jump the shark and veer off and you know seasons down the road but overall like i love that show but it's been what 20 years now yep. i can't there's a lot i've forgotten about it so I, in rewatching this, it'll be like, oh, I forgot about that. Or like, you know, I was sitting there just thinking when you started the intro of it, you know, did Michelle Williams last the whole series? Oh yeah. Yep. She made it all the way through the end. You know, her, her. And then like, and then, and I was, and then I was sitting there thinking like, did she and Dawson, were they ever together? Like, and I knew Joey and Pacey ended up together, but yep. did, did, did Joey, and Dawson ever end up together? And like, there's so much yeah. I've forgotten about the show, but I loved it then. So it's kind of fun to re- go back and rewatch it and be surprised. And it, it's it's worth it. It's 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 a show that I rewatch once a year. Um, I, I rewatched it oh, twice I don't during I do that. COVID. Uh. Well, but I I am very I am very close and emotionally invested in Dawson's Creek. I really do enjoy it. And like I said, about once a year, I will rewatch the show. I rewatched it twice during COVID just because I had nothing else. I was in the mood to watch. Um, And I was, I was working on my next book that I'm working on. So Dawson's Creek perfect, perfectly encapsulates the emotional mentality I need to be in for the book that I'm working on. Um, So it's, it's one of those shows. And I will admit, 
I love seasons one and two. Season three on, I, I lose a little bit of interest because of the fact that Dawson gives up filmmaking, and that's what makes me love seasons one and two so much. Um, that's where I relate to Dawson the most. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy like watching kids try to do shit with movies and like you know stuff that Jason Mayer and I have been through in our in our life of making movies together. Like it's it's caught on camera with these kids, and because throughout the first two seasons, like Dawson works on multiple movies, whether it's him writing and directing like the. The creature from the Black Lagoon movie, or if he's just working on the um, the sports movie that they make during season two, like it at least makes me feel like oh, I can I can uh, I can associate with Dawson then. But then season three and on, once he gets all emo and whatnot, and decides he doesn't want to be a filmmaker anymore, and that that was him, you know, being a child, like. I start falling out of love with the show, but I still love the characters so much that I enjoy going on with them and seeing where they go. Um, but definitely the first two seasons of the show are the best. Jason Mayer had well, Dawson's, movies, Dawson's movies lacked something. Jason Mayer, have you ever watched Dawson's Creek? So uh, I didn't get into it when it first launched. Okay. Um, but then while I, while I was at IU, um and like the september 99 time frame i ended up because i watched buffy and there was nothing else really to do in the the dorm um then i would end up watching dawson's creek right afterwards so it's the season that you don't like starting with the season you don't like so it was season three but um that's where my love for Brittany Daniel started. Oh, she, yeah, because she comes in at the pilot episode or like the first episode of wild, season three. Like, yeah, she's just like this wayward traveler essentially, yep. and man, is she smoking hot! Oh so, yes, like yep. uh, yeah, that's that's definitely where that started for me with her. So yeah, her, See, that's where I like on that show, on that show. I don't, I, I, I you know, and I know you kind of have to evolve the show and bring new characters in and whatnot. But I always wanted Dawson's Creek to just, just stick with the four people and like, don't bring all these like kind of just characters just in to just bring someone else in. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just, I was kind of bored with a lot of the other characters that they brought into the shows later and whatnot. I know they had to deal with certain issues and stuff, but I was just like, sure. let's just focus on these four. Can we just can we just keep it on these four and and just stick with them? Uh just a a side note about the show that I find very interesting, you know, twenty years into the future. Um I'm a I'm a big CW fan. I've liked the Arrow show and the Flash show and all that. And those are all headed by a guy named Greg Berlanti. So when I first started rewatching Dawson's Creek, I noticed that Greg Berlanti's name was coming up a lot in the producer, like co-producer. He wrote some of the episodes. The first episode that he wrote and directed is the episode where Jack comes out as gay. And I was like, well, that's really weird. Like, that's odd. And then I looked it up and found that Greg Berlanti is a homosexual male. And so I was like, holy shit, like that had to have been awesome for him in 1999 or well, hold on, Jack. It should have been around 99 or 2000. Uh, the episode where Jack comes out as gay, I'm pretty sure it was in season two um, for this guy who has now gone on to be like huge at the CW and whatnot. Like he got to write and direct the episode 
where where one of the characters came out as gay and i was just like that's got to be pretty cool for him you know 20 years ago you know crossing that bridge in the entertainment industry and see that's why i wanted I, they should have made uh pacey or dawson one of them gay and yeah and, and you know looking at the world 20 years ago they were probably afraid to do that with a main character but they brought in a, a secondary character to at least address that and then give you Issue, know yeah and, and yeah so I just I I was thought that I, I had never known that back then, but when I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, that's like I recognize that name. I recognize all the work that he's done, you know, twenty years later in for the CW now. But I thought it was probably pretty cool for him twenty years ago to be able to be the guy, you know, instead of having some straight white dude like write a gay character and make him come out. Like they at least gave it to a homosexual guy to be able to you know give it some credibility, in my opinion. So again, not something that I was aware of back in '99, but something that I thought was pretty cool when I rewatched it. And I want to well, you, you, Google the- Google that guy and see if he's connected with Pretty Little Liars because that that was on CW too. Uh, Greg Berlanti, yeah, you guys have computers more readily available to you. You should look it up. Mayor, what were you about to say? Uh, I was going to say that I want to say that that was quite the controversy at the time too. I they believe were- you were correct the the homosexual character on Dawson's Creek like because not too many you didn't have too many homosexual characters at the time on television period yep because so, uh, I remember it being a big deal when Buffy had Willow become um lesbian yep. Yep. In, the, in that show like I remember Do you have being, any idea uh, what well, year around that was uh was that, that would, late 90s or past uh, that was it would have been four so let's see that's 99 oh yeah right around the same time yeah all right well while jaybird is looking up greg berlanti i'm going to move on to the next television show that i absolutely love it's one that i watch basically as much as i, I watch know friends. spell the name berlanti b-e-r-l-a-n-t-i okay um the next show is one that i watch the same amount that i watch friends now when my wife and i go to bed it's either we put on friends or we put on the king of queens because as a fat guy i enjoy a comedy that makes me believe that i might get with leah remini either of you guys ever oh watched king of queens? uh i didn't watch the whole series but i watched some episodes same here okay. not, not terribly impressed i thought it's, she's she's very mean to him most of the time it seems to me and, and to me that's not a <laughs> like i don't mind i don't mind like some some prodding of like making fun of and joking with each other but it seemed like she was a little bit more of a bitch to him than he was ever to her and and i can see that it totally it totally turns me off to the show for that reason so and and i can see that i i i still find humor in it um the the, the thing I love about my wife is she can accept the fact that uh, my wife is a very judgmental and outspoken person like Carrie is on the show. My wife does not make fun of my weight in any way like like Carrie does. And when we have conversations about the show, she says the one thing she dislikes about, like my, my wife loves Kings of Queens. Like we watch it a lot. The one thing she doesn't like about the show is Carrie does talk um, talk down or or uh make fun of doug a lot for his weight 
Uh, and then in one of the episodes where he finally loses a bunch of weight, it's like the season seven premiere. Uh, and the whole shtick of the show is Doug loses a bunch of weight. And so everybody starts giving him compliments. And then Carrie gets mad that Doug is skinny now and everybody is giving him compliments. And it's like, the one thing my wife and I talk about is she's like, I don't like how mean she is to him about his weight. And she's like, you know, I'm a bitch like Carrie is, but I would never make fun of you for your weight. So that is, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Like I, I find it to be funny, like as a, as a heavier guy, like when she calls him cupcake or, you know, whatever, all the, all the names that she gives him during the show that are basically food based names. Like it doesn't really bother me in any way. And I don't know. I, 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 again, like we were talking about Frazier's dad being a great character. Like I absolutely love Jerry Stiller's character on this show because as, as the dad that just is asinine and ridiculous and just says and does whatever he wants, it's, it's very a fun shakeup in the dynamic, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, King of Queens is one of the shows that I absolutely love. And it's one of the shows that I didn't get into until years later um i started watching the show in 2006 um i i liked it so much that i went out and bought the first season of dvds watched them all went out and bought the second season and literally would just spend a week watching a whole season and then go out and buy the next season of dvds to accumulate the whole the whole show on dvd um i find it really hilarious not necessarily friends level hilarious but it's a show that's a lot of fun for my wife and I to watch because a lot of the arguments that Doug and Carrie get into on the show are number one, because Doug is super immature, which is me. Carrie is far more practical, which is my wife. And they get in a fight, they get upset and then they make up. And that's kind of how my, my relationship is like, I want to do something stupid. My wife tries to tell me that I can't do something stupid. I get mad that she won't let me do something stupid. And then I finally realized oh, I was kind of being stupid. So we we watch the show and like there will literally be fights on the show where we're like, we've had that fight before. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of fun and, and cathartic for us to watch that show together. I watched a live taping of that show once. Did you really? Yeah, In Los Chris and I did. We went to Los Angeles. Yep. Awesome. Do you know what season? Do you know what episode? Chris would. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we we stood in line and we literally were the last two picked to get into audience nice. to watch that. We yeah, we went one year and we did that and um then we did two episodes of um um I guess back in the day it would have been politically incorrect with Bill Maher. Oh, okay. to taping. So that was kind of nice. like our trip to watch TV shows being taped and, and whatnot. So very cool. Uh, the next show is one that I know Jason Richardson will be able to talk to me about. I'm not sure mayor's level on this show. This is a show that I refused to watch in high school. No interest in it because every single person I knew wouldn't shut the fuck up about this show. Every girl that I was hanging out with and friends with and dated, they all loved this show to the point where I refused to watch it. It's the same reason why I refused to watch Game of Thrones, because everybody wouldn't shut up about it. And if it's super popular, then I don't want anything to do with it. Beverly Hills 90210 is a show that I wish I didn't act that way. 
I started watching Beverly Hills 90210 the day after Luke Perry passed away. I, I'd watched him on Riverdale because I watch Riverdale to an extent. Um, and I really like Luke Perry and a lot of other stuff I've seen him in, but I refused to ever watch 90210. After he passed away, I was like, you know what? Like, I have a lot of free time on my hand. Maybe I should, maybe I should give 90210 a chance. So I ended up, ended up starting to watch the show and I, I really loved it. Like I really enjoyed the characters. I really enjoyed the cast. I really enjoyed the stories they were telling after season six, it gets kind of dumb and ridiculous. Like once uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen joins the show, once they get out of high school and once they start working at the bar or, or owning the bar, like things get kind of dumb, but I went along with it because of the fact that like I had, for the most part enjoyed most of the characters that were still on the show obviously a few characters had left by then but i i wish i would have watched beverly hills 90210 in high school because watching it now as a you know 40 year old dude i shouldn't relate to it the way that i do i should have watched it and related to it when i was you know in high school so mayor well richardson i know you recently rewatched the show also what are your feelings rewatching the show now um again it's one of those things where you know it's been 30 years sure you know um but it was still it was still fun to to watch and there were there were moments where oh i remember this i remember this and then like oh i forgot about this and i'm like boy those girls they those girls they all ran I mean, everyone was with, with everyone at some point <laughs> as far as a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, and and um, I don't know why I'm blanking the name out. Uh, Jenny Garth's character, um, oh. the blonde, what's that? Uh, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. 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 Oh my God, Kelly! Like trained everybody. Jesus, like it was. I'm like, damn, Kelly. Like, settle down, girl. Like, um, I actually did kind of like when Tiffany Amber Thiessen comes in, you have to get through a few episodes, but Val, the Valerie character kind of shook things up a little bit. And, and, um, but I kind of always have had a, uh, a soft spot for, for Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I still even really like her today. She just seems like a very humble person, uh, but rewatching it was fun. And I agree that while you, you like the show, you like the show in today's, time you would have really really appreciated the show watching it back then during its popularity and for me 90210 um was like i mean the the peak of it was i, w I was at purdue 1990 through 91 and it's crazy you think of a show like 90210 being just like girly girl, right? Just girls and such. No, sure. straight guys, straight guys were into it. So I think it was Monday nights when that one night, Monday or Wednesday nights, they kept moving around when that show was on Fox and then Melrose Place would come on after. But everybody in the dorm rooms would have the show on and all the doors would be open to each person's room. So you can walk really? down the halls 
and you know whoever your click was you're all in somebody's room and you know we had the the pub place downstairs where people get food nachos and stuff and when 90210 was on people were watching and you could hear throughout the whole hall and like you didn't fuck around with like you know talking through it and shit like people do today and we didn't have cell phones to interrupt us while you know no we were tuned and glued into the the show commercials and all and it that in the they then they did a couple soundtracks from the TV show with saving forever for you <laughs> baby and then uh, I mean a lot of Jeremy Jordan you know I mean it was oh, yeah. it was a good time and it really puts me back into that early 90s period which I really like that period but my parents didn't seem to like that period so <laughs> Mayor, did you have any 90210 experience? Um, I watched off and on through the first few seasons. But yeah, when Tiffany Amber Thiessen showed up and her big old titties showed up on that, like I... And like her first season's not bad. Like her first yeah. season's okay. But like... Yeah. I, they I definitely, definitely made her the drama. Valerie started getting a little... <laughs> I definitely dialed in to see those puppies. Um, and I did that probably for like a year, probably her first year. And then I I think I just kind of spittered off after that, but whatever. Um, yeah, the 90210 was what it was. I want, like I said, I watched a little bit of it. I remember my brother, Michael, who um, both my parents worked nights uh, as their second jobs while we were in high school, uh, while this show was on. And I remember uncle, my brother, Michael, used to constantly like burn food while he was cooking dinner for everybody <laughs> because he wasn't paying attention to the food because he was watching the TV show. It's interesting. Yeah, he, he burned. He, he would burn rice <laughs> all the time. Yeah, like, or, and, and, you know, we'd be watching it or whatever. And all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, shit, <laughs> like run into the other room just so we can finish like finish up dinner and make sure it wasn't getting burned down. So um, the good... one thing about that, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jason. No, I was just going to say some good memories with that show. So the one thing they overdid it with that show was like everybody, I think, except for Brandon and Brenda were like on drugs. I don't know how many rape attempts there were actual rapes and then sexual assaults or attempted sexual assaults. It's just like, how much drug and sexual assault can y'all put these characters through? What, um, you know what I mean? I think it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like who was the, uh, who was the yearbook editor? Was that Amanda? Uh, that was, um, what's her name? The smart girl. Smart yeah. girl. Glasses, curly hair. Yes. But she got yeah. written off of the show. That was, um, yeah, she wanted to leave. I, I, I remember that being Andrea. Andrea. Andrea, yes, yep. Who was like nerd. playing like twenty years older than what she was, or younger than what she was? <laughs> yeah. So hot for being the for being the nerd. Oh, big surprise! I married a woman who wears glasses most. Of the time. <laughs> oh, so you had the hots for Andrea? Oh, dude. She, Even when she got pregnant, her her and Jenny Garth were definitely my thing. Like, like, yeah, so good looking. Yeah, when when I watched it last year, uh, Jeannie Garth was definitely like I gravitated towards her. 
which is hilarious because when they did that re weird relaunch thing a couple yep. of years ago or whatever, my brother that was Dave, weird. My brother Dave said he watched it, and like they, it's hilarious to think of my brother Dave watching nine hundred two one zero and being all pumped up for it. Like something happened, and somebody like sat on the remote while they were watching it, and it changed channels. He was like, "What the hell is happening?" <laughs> like, freaked out. But uh, he was he he mentioned the fact that he was like. Jenny Garth looks like she hasn't aged at all and she still looks as fine as ever. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I believe that. One of my favorite uh, storylines with Kelly Taylor, a.k.a. Jenny Garth, <laughs> was like when she was taking the diet pills. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like yep. this over dramatic, like kind of, I just like Kelly just like gravitated to the diet pills. And it just kind of, it does remind you of that period in time where people were all about diet pills, girls and stuff. Sure. And just, you know, body image is still, you know, people, are, you know, it's still a thing today, but like back then it was all about diet pills and it's just kind of funny. Like, wow. Cause you don't hear people talk about diet pills today. You know what I mean? It's no. more starving themselves today, but yep. yeah, anyways, so right. it's a great, it's a great nostalgia show. Very much so. Mayor, I want you to take the reins, run with the next show that's on the list, because I know it's one of your all-time favorite shows that's been put on television. Uh, probably my favorite show of all time. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Joss Whedon's writing. His directing had gotten really well. Uh, he honed his directing while doing this show. Um there's a relaunch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was the TV show that came. He wrote the original script that uh, Christy Swanson did in the late 80s, early 90s. I can't remember which. You remember what year that was, Jaybird? What? Uh, Buffy. Da, the Buffy the 92, the movie. Right. You're right. 92. Christy Swanson, 92. My fault. So, um, yep. but yeah, so he wrote and did this for TV. It's. Um, it's it it hit me right at the right time here i was i had just graduated high school when i started watching it uh i had to i i started with season three and then had to find ways to consume uh seasons one and two because i um this is before dvd before digital uh streaming so here i am trying to figure it out on like vhs essentially um but yeah like um it hits you in all the right places when you're in that time frame, especially. It's probably something that I'll show my kids when they're in high school, just for the simple fact that like it shows you a lot of the crazy crap that goes on in high school and amplifies it to the upteenth degree to make it, you know, to make the monsters because of the the substitute teacher who wants to eat your head and stuff like that. And it's just kind of um, it it's but it's a lot of fun. I love the the uh, the style of dialogue, the style of his writing, with how quippy the dialogue is, and how if you're watching this, you feel it. It's kind of like um, when you watch Firefly and Shiny. The word Shiny comes into your vocabulary when um, and um, but yeah. So uh, yeah, Buffy's awesome, great. Uh, I think the first, the second season's the best season out of all of them. The third season's really good. And then uh, I think it kind of like tapers off after that. The first season was trying to find its footing and had a very small budget. So it's not like 
it doesn't look the best and um quality wise but uh i think it does some really good writing in the first season but then like i said season two is really good season three takes it up even a little bit higher and then it just kind of tapers off but it's i love all seven seasons um yeah sarah michelle geller is will always be my my main hollywood crush girl so after oh, just for stepping away for a second my contacts were so dry that i was having tr- like everything was blurry to me i had to run and get some eye drops real quick so i apologize i don't like stepping away sorry about that thank you for taking the reins for a second ha- did you talk about the crazy shit that went on with season three of buffy because of columbine oh no um so season three there's an episode where they do um there the the episode that was supposed to air the night of Columbine or maybe the day after Columbine um, was about a boy who was in the bell tower who was going like has a gun and so like they literally pulled that episode off and that never saw the light of day until like months and months later September 20 it was supposed to air it was supposed to air one week after Uh, Columbine happened on April 20th that episode episode 18 was supposed to air on April 27th it got pulled and moved to September 28th and was aired right before season four started. Um, and then like graduation day, if I remember correctly, they rewrote graduation day because of Columbine, um, because there were similarities apparently between mm. what had happened in real life and what, what they were trying to put on the screen. That might be the reason why the, the, the finale of season three, while the whole season is just super really good, the mm-hmm. last episode has some, some downer moments. Well, um, and like, so uh, the finale, graduation day that you're talking about, part one aired on May 18th, and then part two didn't air until the middle of the summer on July 13th. So they yeah. obviously had to reshoot or rewrite or whatever, like they had a you know, two month gap between part one and part two. And so, and, and you, this show also helped long, I mean, besides Sarah Michelle Geller becoming a superstar because of it, Allison Hannigan got a really big role, which led to her American Pie role, probably. Um, and then you also had Eliza Dushku, who became quite a big deal after this. Um, <laughs> ever since then, right? But, yeah. uh, um, and then David Boreanaz is already, Seth Green was in the first uh, the second and third seasons of this quite a bit and he came back for an episode or two or an episode or I think it's just one episode in season four he, he but he also was he was taking off his 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 stardom was getting kind of crazy at that point and then um because he was part he, of du jour <laughs> Anthony Stewart head is uh plays Giles as the librarian and he's also the watcher for Sarah uh, for um, Buffy, and he he was somebody who apparently was kind of big in Great Britain and has become and he's on Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. So, um, but yeah, so he also it's kind of funny though because if you watch some stuff online, you can see him doing Doctor Frank Furter from Rocky Horror. Oh, cool! Show, which is a little weird. Um, and then uh, he also was in a. Um, um, a direct to well not direct to dvd what's the word i'm looking for here a movie that didn't see much showings at movie theaters called repo the genetic opera oh yeah and it's a very strange movie. he was in that he's in it he's one of the i only remember it because of paris hilton being in it 
um but uh yeah like um so yeah I, buffy is probably my my favorite show of all time nice uh, um, firefly probably would have taken it over if we had gotten more firefly but, sure but um yeah unfortunately due to joss whedon's extracurricular sure. activities um it it kind of taints angel and buffy and firefly for me and the avengers and stuff like that but um as far as like the content of what i really enjoyed while i was watching it and it nothing better for me so sure uh so jason richardson i gave you a list of some of the other shows that were on the poll that were very popular that wait a second what about to. no response to buffy oh yeah okay what'd you feel about buffy i didn't know that you watched buffy my bad do you like buffy i didn't want I didn't watch Buffy back in the day, but oh, I had like a little 30 second, little something, something about Buffy. All right, go ahead. Let me, so let me, I apologize. Let me hear you. I didn't, Buffy. I didn't watch Buffy in the day. I didn't connect with it. And so I think maybe, I don't know, a few years back, it's on one of the streaming services. Which one is it? It was on uh, Netflix. Is it Netflix? I think it's Netflix, yeah. Netflix? Okay. And so I tried to to watch it and i'm still kind of i'm paused on it right now hope it's still there but i'm on the first season still and i could see how back in the day that was it was popular but man when you watch it today there's some cheesy ass cheesy ass moments in that show where it's just like no they did not just do that or like wow that was bad but back then it wouldn't have come off like that you know what i mean like but watching it today is a little over the top but i could see why it was popular but i want to continue it out um because i like buffy and i love the 1992 movie so uh really, anyways uh, mayor, i just wanted to add my little 30 cents in there i got you well i'm gonna add another 30 seconds mayor uh i think you know what episode i stopped watching on what season was it that that character was killed? There was there was season a season one episode one. No, it's like season five. There's an ep, there's a character that gets killed. That's if really you, important. Don't if, tell me. If I was going to say, if you say it, then I could tell you exactly what episode. But or I could. Do find you remember it. a very important death around season five near the end, like episode seventeen or eighteen? I think. Oh 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 yeah. A I know very important about. death after they bring in a a younger character. You're talking about the body. So the body. Yes, I watched one episode past that. That's that's where I'm at, and I have not been able to go back and force myself to finish watching this show. So, but and, and the body, along with um. The body is a Joss Whedon directed and written episode, which is damn near perfect. And it's then a very good episode. The the gentleman episode was is super super weird and messed up. Uh, the, in the episode of the gentleman, literally these demons come into the town of Sunnydale and steal everybody's ability to talk. And so literally everybody's like writing whiteboards and doing hand motions and stuff. And it's funny yet terrifying. Uh, it's a funny t episode, but it's also had some really terrifying moments in it. So yeah, that I, I have seen that episode. That's really good. And the musical episode is also really good, which is probably 
in high school, I may have watched a total of 10 episodes of the show. Half of them were probably at your house just because you were like, we have to watch Buffy because it's on. Um, but the musical episode is the one that I remember the most just because you and Dave Lichty and some of our other friends were like very hype about that musical episode. Very well done. For somebody who doesn't write, who's never written musicals before, uh, Joss did some really good work with that episode. So, All right. So, Jason Richardson, do you want to say anything else about Buffy? No. no? Okay. Then let's move on. I gave you a list of the other popular things on our community poll. Are there any of them that you want to talk about? Um, I watched Melrose Place top to bottom loved it i'm going to rewatch it probably this summer as i did 9012 last 90210 last summer i am um, i am almost done with season one like i said i watched 90210 last year during covid and i tried to start watching melrose place just because i knew that it was like the thing like they were connected um right. so i'm i'm like one episode away from finishing the first season i don't love it the same way that i loved 90 or like connected to 90210 but I can't lie that it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine where I'm like, Oh, it's a definitely, a, a definitely guilty pleasure. And I love Michael. I love, love, love oh, Michael. Okay. Michael's just, Michael's a bad boy. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, some other ones you've got noted here, uh, Seinfeld, I'd come in and out, watch on more uh, syndication. I didn't watch during its real time. Very, very dry show, but man, there are some funny, funny parts on 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 Seinfeld Seventh Heaven, I, there's a little guilty pleasure. Didn't watch every episode, but I caught a lot of them, and you just kind of gravitate toward it. Um, and I loved Blossom. I would watch Blossom. Blossom came on, <laughs> I think, Saturday nights, Saturdays on NBC back in the day. Right on. And uh, Baywatch, of course. I love Baywatch. I hope I hope that's streaming on something because I could go back and watch those and just be entertained totally. Dude, that the uh, the um, the theme song, the theme song's amazing. Like I hate the fact that. Um. Funny, funny bit of information that I just learned this week. I think a couple of days ago, for whatever reason, I was uh, reading Matthew Perry's Wikipedia page for some reason. And in the mid '90s, do you know who he was dating? Yasmin Bleeth. Good for him. Which makes a lot of sense why she gets referenced a lot on Friends during that time. She I kind of I, disappeared. Yes, I never knew that he was dating her at any point at all. But like, so the fact that like there's a lot of episodes of Friends where Yasmin gets name dropped, I'm like, oh, I bet the writers were like, you probably want us to talk about your girlfriend, don't you? So that was he's probably cool. like, no, but we'll pay you millions, okay? All right, so that was an amazing talk and a great. Are you playing the theme? I can't hear it, and I hope YouTube doesn't hear it, because then we'll get hit with restrictions. There you go. Like, literally, like, our, our, our YouTube video is going to get hit with restrictions now, man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Making money off of this. That was an awesome trip down memory lane for all the TV shows that we loved in 1999. Um, Jason Richardson, you are going to be our first guest 
who gets to answer the Hurwitz questionnaire. Last week, uh, we did a full episode with Troy Myers. Then we did a bonus episode where I talked to John Petty and Zach Proctor. Uh, the Hurwitz questionnaire is based on a book by Josh Hurwitz, where he interviewed a bunch of directors back in 2006-ish. After every interview, he had 17 questions that he asked the directors that he interviewed. This is not going to be for discussion. We're not going to belittle your answers. We're not going to make fun of you. We're not going to, we're not going to do anything. Well, we I might. literally have a questionnaire to ask you, and I want you to answer it with whatever is your truth at this moment. Well, it wouldn't be fun if you didn't at least have some kind of a face reaction so I can just see how you... Okay, well, I'll give you a face reaction. But but these aren't topics for discussion. These are just literally, I want to ask you these... Bullet questions. points. This is, yeah, this is, this is me Speed stealing, stealing um, the inside of the actor's studio questionnaire, if you will. I, I am yeah. not James Lipton, but I will ask questions as if I was James Lipton. Oh, I hope I get to say a curse word. You, Well, you can curse whenever you want. Question number one. What is the first film you ever saw? First film I ever saw would have to be, it's timeline, it's either Darby O'Gill and the Little People or John Carpenter's Halloween. I hope that the correct answer is Halloween, because that's what I'm voting for. What is your favorite film of all time? John Carpenter's Halloween. I love that answer. What is your favorite line from a film? I wrote this one down. because I. <laughs> so my favorite line from a film is probably the movie that has probably the most lines and best lines of any movie. Um, any woman or gay man would know this is still Magnolias. And there's a scene at the beginning at the wedding where Dolly Parton and Olympia Dukakis are talking with each other. And Dolly Parton says, um, I bet you money. She's paid $500 for that dress and don't even bother to wear a girl. And Olympia Dukakis's reply is, looks like two pigs fighting under a blanket. And to me, the way she delivers the line is the best movie line ever in a response in a, in a movie. And I just, I love it. But that movie itself, so many classic uh, one-liners out of that film. Awkward. That was not a quote from Major League, which is very weird. What film made you Do y'all know that line, though? No, oh, I yeah. had no idea. I, I'm not a Steel Magnolias oh. fan. Okay. Question number question number four. What film made you realize that film is art? Um, I'm just going to say one that just comes to mind. Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. Oh, Okay, that's interesting. So you didn't, in, in all of your film going, you didn't realize film was art until like 2008. That's very awkward. No, no, no. There's several movies that can just, you didn't say the first film, you just said, you know, what film? 
and and to me that is just one when you watch it it is just whether you like the movie or not the person you know that made the movie had fun making the movie because they were doing such a throwback nostalgia to the exploitation period and the you know the the burning of the film and then the 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 how would you say the the crappy look of the film where you'd have scratches through it and the and the sound kicking in and out and whatnot to to come up with that and and put that all together to me that was a good piece of throwback artwork and in, in, in my opinion now there's several other movies i could go into and whatnot but that's just a kind of an example of this is a piece of art here because he's totally throwing it back to like the 70s period and what those movies look like and i thought he did a good job with it the correct answer we were looking for was halloween but okay we're gonna move on now what movie do you consider your wait a second wait, wait, let's go wait, I, I know you said we weren't going to debate this one now. let's go back to that I, it, it i guess maybe you don't think that that was a well-executed piece of art oh no i'm not arguing you're like that's totally fine but like i feel like knowing you as long as i have it didn't take you until 2009 to realize that film was art I feel like something. Well, in I mean, your the question wasn't what's that? the first film that what? made you realize that film? Sure. What, what film made you realize? So that would have been like the glass shattering moment that, oh, wait a minute, I'm watching art. I'm not just watching a movie. that question. Then that question is too, too in depth for me that I don't, but I still think Death Proof is a good piece of, of, of art. Okay. Well, Zach Proctor said that when he worked on Consternate, that's when he learned that film was art. So apparently Jason and I didn't teach you anything about art while you worked on Consternate with us. Well, it's probably because my line was, guess who's in the motherfucking house? That was my <laughs> Oscar winning best supporting support, 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 support actor line in that movie. Wrote that line for you or if you came up with that by yourself. No, I think that was in the... No, that line was not I in can't the script. Remember. You wrote that yourself. That's funny. I can't. The whole Liz Dewhurst thing was that was ad libbed. So yeah, and and we talk about that on our YouTube video about uh, the 20th anniversary consternate reunion that you can go watch. Question number five on the questionnaire: What movie do you consider your guilty pleasure? I know the answer. Can it's a name? hard. No, it's a hard, it's a hard, that's a hard question because I mean, if you really like the movie, then you shouldn't feel that's a guilty pleasure, Correct. but what is it, Jason? Baps. Well, well, that would be, that would be one, that would be one, but this, the one that I have in, to, in mind is a little bit more tasteful, but it would be, you've got mail. No, see, God damn it. Here's here's the problem. You've Got Mail is a good movie. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes or the IMDb, it's considered a good movie. A guilty pleasure movie is like Zach Proctor saying The 13th Warrior. Because The 13th Warrior right, is a but, complete piece of shit. I'm thinking more so of, you know, because it's a 
chick flick and a guy likes it, it's kind of like, yeah, go like, you know, kind of that's where I'm feeling the guilty pleasure. Mm. But if I have to go like from a from a hood standpoint, like a really bad, crappy movie, then, OK, Jason's Baps would be an example. Um, you know, Good Burger, you know, uh, 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 the 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 the. the the leprechaun you know what i mean leprechaun in the hood leprechaun no leprechaun with jennifer aniston oh leprechaun you know four. that would be oh, no leprechaun the first one the first one with jennifer aniston that would be a, a guilty pleasure massacre four that's that's my bad no she wasn't that was renee zellweger in part three with matthew Ooh. mcconaughey wow okay yeah wow i totally ruined all of that for the guy who runs a movie right podcast like ooh, hopefully those aren't on the trivia questions when we have uh jason troy and evan on for trivia hopefully those questions. <laughs> all right jason who is your favorite movie character of all time oh that's an easy one that's dr loomis from halloween i like that jason richardson what is your favorite movie snack food of all time Junior Mints. All right, Mayor. Did I pass that one, Shane? You passed. Are we talking about like real food, like pizza, or like you know? Nope. Nope. My my answer was popcorn. I can totally, I totally understand Junior Mints. I like, and I like the combo of Junior Mints with popcorn too. All right. Next question, number eight. Who is your favorite director of all time? Oh, that's easy. You don't know that one. You have to say it. We know it. We don't. David Fincher. Oh, I thought John Carpenter. No, David Fincher. I don't know Jason Richardson as well as I thought I did, and I feel like a failure as a host now. Okay. (laughs) Question number nine. Who is the most impressive filmmaker working today? Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Okay. not that I want to get a huge answer, but can you elaborate on why you think it's Quentin Tarantino? What has he done to make you answer that way? Because when you watch a Quentin Tarantino, even if you don't like the movie, you see the love he puts into his movies. Okay. And he is such a big fan of movies that he always throws and remind you with the characters and moments and scenes and the 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 wardrobes, the music, the the fun that he has with just kind of painting the picture, the the editing and the grit in his movies. Uh, he's extremely passionate about, and I think even if I don't like some of his movies, I think he he impresses me with what he puts to together and it's he's a total throwback guy and he'll kind of remind you what movies used to be and i think he's just a very good smart filmmaker even though i don't like every single thing that he does that was an amazing response do you hate christopher nolan no, I don't hate Christopher Nolan, but it's kind of like Christopher Nolan, I have respect for, but it's kind of like back in like the 90s, how like all the girls and gays love Brad Pitt and I just kind of let them have him, you know, and I kind of centered on Russell Crowe where no one was really like into that, you know what I mean? And so I let people have Christopher Nolan. All right. 
Cool. Mayor, next question. What quality do the best directors share? I would probably have to say their their passion and the the independence that they want as far as making decisions on their films. I mean, if you look at like a Quentin Tarantino, if you look at a David Fincher, those are guys that basically want it their way. David Fincher shoots 50 million minutes of film each movie, right? Goes over budget at times. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is, he's just basically almost controls everything of, of his films. Um, Steven Spielberg. Um, and then you, you, John Carpenter, even back, I mean, he was like the trailblazer of that back in the day. He's got his name on the, on the film. Uh, if you look at, those directors that I just mentioned and compare that with like, um, I'm just going to use an example. Um, Oh, give me just kind of a, a director, but we don't know much about them or like Catherine Bigelow. Okay. Catherine Bigelow, right? Like we could name a few movies that she's done. Right. But we don't, I don't really know her passion with movies or I really don't know enough about her and nothing has been put out there to, that shows that how much she loves film. Right. But you know, with David Fincher, you know, with Quentin Tarantino and Spielberg, it is out there how much they love film. And so having that independence, wanting that independence and having passion about what they do is I think what makes them creative or whatever that question was. Who is your favorite actor of all time? Or actress. Actor or, yeah, sorry, actor or actress of all time. Actor, oh, God, it's it's so hard to narrow that down. But if I just got to go with a gut and I think about that question coming up before the pass, I'm just going to have to say Kevin Costner. I like that answer. And, and it's and it, and it, and it's not and it's not like um I mean there's so many so many actors are good at what they do but when I watch Kevin Costner to me Kevin Costner there's something real about him where I see him as a human being and his dialogue and the way he delivers his lines and whatnot it seems like he's just a real person and he's not like acting acting. I like that. Whereas, like, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, like a Robert De Niro, phenomenal. But, like, sometimes when you watch Robert De Niro, he's acting, acting. I can buy that. Kevin Maybe. Costner is just, Kevin Costner is a natural. Sure. Um, and then actress, uh, the, the typical answer would be Meryl Streep, but I'm going to put her aside on this one although she's the best and I'm going to say Diane Lane. And the Ooh. reason why I say Diane Lane is because again, like Kevin Costner, there's a natural to her. It's just realism. natural. Yeah, and there's a very realism. And then there is a beauty to her. I think that bitch going to be 90 and she's going to be fine looking because the older she gets, the more beautiful 
she is. And she is just a natural. And again, when she is acting, it's just natural. And I like, I like natural actors that are not over the top. It's just kind of like a subtle acting, but it's real. So who is your favorite actor or actress working today? I'm sorry. What's that? Who is your favorite actor or actress working today? Working today. Well, Whereas, like, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane are both Oregon. Well, your favorite actor or actress could have been somebody that was dead, like James Dean or something. So, like, this oh, question oh, is, okay. Work- who is working today, right now, that you love? I would be one of those two, I guess, because still, they still apply. They're still working. Okay. Um, Hollywood is making a Jason Richardson biopic. Who do you want to be cast as Jason Richardson? I'll leave that answer to the uh, independent, passionate director. Okay. If I'm the independent, passionate director, my answer would be, I think the perfect Jason Richardson is Bill Nunn. But like Jason Richardson, what age though? Doesn't matter. It's a movie about your life. It, who do you think would be Jason Richardson? Like I would cast Bill Nunn. I think Bill Nunn is a very amazing actor who could portray Radio you. Raheem. Do the right thing. Raheem. Yep. Do, yep. I think he could portray Jason Richardson right now in a movie about your life. Mayor, do you okay. have anybody you would cast? No. 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 Okay. So Jason Richardson. If you can cast it, you can cast Will Smith if you want to. Like, I, 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 I don't even remember. I think I, well, cast, no, I cast Charlie Hunnam as me. No, if if I had if I had to pick someone, and this is the Meryl Streep, it would probably be Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Ooh, that is a great answer. I can't argue that at because all. people, when I was younger, people think thought I looked like Forrest Whitaker, and I had to grow up quickly and break out of that. That's, I didn't think Forrest Whitaker was that attractive. Oh, I, it doesn't matter about attractive; it, it matters about heart. And I could definitely see but, Forrest, but Forrest, Forrest Whitaker as a Forrest Whitaker as a through, like my f- mid to late mid to mid twenties to early thirties. Sure. Yeah. I mean, fast start losing the weight. Forrest Whitaker was amazing. Like he was on screen for three yeah. minutes. And I would say Forrest, Whit- Forrest Whitaker then. Oh, I like that answer a lot. Mayor. If you could remake one. Maybe Denzel. Uh, so, so the next three questions, the next, well, Denzel would be great for, for you. The next three questions are finish the sentence. So Jason's going to read you a sentence and then you need to finish it. If you could remake one movie. Dot, dot, dot. What would it be? Pretty much. Yeah. That, yeah. What one movie do you want to see a remake of? Um, as long as they went with my direction, it would be La La Land. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And, right. I, and let me tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Yeah. Because... I would have made La La Land. I, don't get me wrong. I love the movie. The movie's great. The movie's but fine. I would have made La La Land take place back in that 
period that they were trying to tap into, but okay. it was in today's world. Because no one today breaks out and dance and shit in 2016. You know what I mean? Like, we can go see Broadway plays and stuff, but no one, no one, no one would do that. Is more believable back in the day. But I would say if they had, what, what is that period like? The nineteen fifties or something? Forty yeah, something 50s, like that. So I would have wished that it actually took place in the nineteen fifties, and then they actually got together at the end. I was so okay. pissed that they did not get together at the end. That's that type of movie where I'm like, no, what they went through. I want these two to get together. I don't want the non-Hollywood ending. I, I want the Hollywood ending with the Hollywood movie. Okay. Because if you're not going to do the Hollywood ending, you should put them on drugs and shit too. Very interesting take. Next sentence. I never want to watch a movie with dot, dot, dot. With someone who is addicted to their cell phone. Oh, that's a great answer. Uh, that's in the same vein of the most popular answer we've gotten from a lot of people, which is like people who aren't there to watch the movie. Um, like four other people that, that we've had this survey with have said, like, if the person's not there for the experience of the movie, they don't want to watch it with them. Jason, give us the last question, bro. The last question is, the perfect movie is dot, dot, dot. Die Hard. <laughs> okay. And and that is a very open to interpretation answer. And I Did like you expect it. Halloween again? No. Well, but no uh, the perfect movie is like a lot of us have answered like one that's emotion invoking or one that I want to watch immediately after I finish it. Or like nobody has ever we actually said characteristics of the film. Yeah. Whereas you're giving us a perfect movie, which I will not argue with you nope, on. Die not Hard. at all. <laughs> die Hard's a perfect movie. No, I, I, and I will, I'll back that argument up because Die Hard is probably one of the first movies where it was action-packed, it was smart, but most impressive, it had humor. So to put humor with action, I mean, I mean, I'm comical humor with action. Oh yeah. I can't think of really anything that was smart and well executed with both of those, you know, components or items or whatever. Sure, I will not argue it. I think I heard the perfect movie also. So Jason Richardson, you are the first person in 2021 to complete the Hurlwitz questionnaire for the Shane Talks podcast. I appreciate you answering those questions. Um, anybody that's a guest in the future is going to have to answer them. So I'm excited and looking forward to hearing a wide variety of people's answers to those questions. We just spent like two and a half hours talking about movies, or I'm sorry, TV shows from 1999 and how we felt about them. Um Next week, start our marvelous May talk. Uh, we're supposed to have my buddy Snow on, but he just had knee surgery today. So I want to throw a shout out to my buddy Snow. I hope you are recovering well. I know that we've texted today and that I know you're feeling good, but I hope that sticks through for the next week so that you can make it on the show next Wednesday. 
Um, we're going to start talking about Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The next two episodes are going to be uh, Marvel movies, where we're going to try to go through all 19 of them, just kind oh. of expressing our feelings of them. Yeah, Jason Richardson, you're you're on the sideline for the rest of May, man. That's why we're happy we had you on today, because you made it very clear that the Marvel movies are not your, or the Marvel Universe is not your forte. Because the week after we talk about the 19 Marvel movies, we're going to talk whoa, about whoa, 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 whoa. shows. Wait a minute. No, I like Marvel movies. I'm just not as smart about them as a lot of people are, like the guy wearing an X-Men T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, we are sidelining you for the rest of May because May is going to be all about superheroes. Uh, and well, I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there real quick. We had Troy on last week and Troy said that his goal is to be on more episodes than you. And I tried to explain to him, like, you've already been, I think this is your 10th appearance on an episode out of the 39 that we've done. You've done a, a fourth of them. And Troy's goal is to be on more episodes than you. He wants to be the new Jason Richardson for our podcast. So Troy's is this coming like, for like you, man. Troy, I'm going to, you know, throw a quarter at the customer troy oh okay <laughs> all right well, <laughs> well it was a five dollar bill well, maybe maybe maybe, right. maybe we could uh all be on one together you will be because uh we'll we'll announce it now we don't have a date set in stone but uh shane talks is going to do a trivia episode uh we are going to invite jason richardson troy myers and evan miller on to compete against each other in a trivia episode because they are oh they, my god well you and you and evan are our are our, our most uh repeated guests that we've had and troy just runs his mouth a lot and troy claims that he knows more about movies than anybody else so we want to have the three of you guys on here to do a trivia episode it'll probably end up being a, a bonus episode at some point we'll we'll get the scheduling and everything worked out but uh mayor and i have already started writing the questions we've worked out the scoring format uh but we're excited to invite you and evan on here so that we can do a trivia episode between the three of you and figure out which one of you is knows the most about movies so nice that, nice that will be an episode we do in the future like i said the scheduling is is all we're working on right now between you know the five of us but i'm really excited about doing that episode i'm excited about the questions that jason and i have already come up with in the in the 10 categories that we're going to use that night uh it should be a lot of fun i i think it's going to be a blast but uh you and you and you and troy will each add one view or one appearance when that night happens uh but yeah so like i said the next couple of episodes for the rest of may are going to be about marvel cinematic movies uh the marvel television universe and then we're going to finish the month of may with a lot of the Marvel movies that got made before Marvel became Marvel. So we've got like the 1994 Fantastic Four, the like 1996 Captain America, uh, the Shadow, uh, the Rocketeer, which I actually don't think was a Marvel comic book now. Who is getting a about. booty call at 1.15 in the morning? It's my nephew. Ah. Constantly thinks it's a good idea to call me on FaceTime, even though he knows I'm recording. Oh, oh my God. Uh, hi, Drew Mayer. If you've listened to the, these two and a half hours of our podcast, I want to say hi to you. But uh, 
Jason Richardson, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for ask, answering the Hurwitz questionnaire. Uh, it was a blast to ask you those questions and see your answers. Jason Mayer, always a pleasure having you on the show. You're the best sidekick or co-not sidekick that I've ever had. Whatever. We haven't, we haven't figured out an official title for you that's not sidekick. Like, I, I want you to be my co-awesomeness guy. Sure. <laughs> I might have to do interview you guys one time on an episode. On an episode of what? Oh, yo, you want to do a flip episode where you interview the two of us? Ooh. Jaybird talks like on Chain talks. talks. Or I'll make it a Jaybird talks logo and we'll do Jaybird talks episode and you can ask us questions. Or I flip it back on you and it's it's on you guys, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm all about that. We can we can work that into the schedule somewhere. That would be a blast. Uh yep. so yeah. Awesome, so, man. Thank you very much for being on the episode tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Marvel movies, hopefully with Snow as a guest.